Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. With Magic Without Fears and our special guest, the host of the... I was about to say... I was about to say the host of the Jack Rabbit Podcast, but that's not true. It's the whole rabbit. How's it going? Can you hear me, sir? Hmm. I hear something. Is that a whole rabbit? going there we we have you okay okay let me see if start video okay oh what's up look at that i love your setup oh thank you geez that that looks that looks uh a lot better than my sister's bed (laughs) let's see let's see if i can get mari in here she's supposed to be here cool solstice happy solstice yeah you look like you're ready to run a shadow run on a mega corporation Uh, decking from the from the terminal sorry man i'm trying to i'm trying to get mario in here and my boss is texting me right now for some reason so i'll let me talk to the boss i can handle that Give me, give me their number. My phone's dead, but I can make it work by sheer force of will. Dude, that's what I do. Uh, I try to. Yeah, we're powerful beings, brother. (laughs) Evil. 
Listen, children, to my story. It was written long ago. Pause the recording till she gets here. Dude, how are you? People, some people need to. Okay, I used to throw mountain parties. So that's the first time I felt like I had hit a cat, like a, a, what's the word? Uh, Wait, is this off the record? Should I hit pause? No, you don't have to. Okay. You don't have Tell to. Tell me about the mountain I just mountain mountain yet. All right. Okay. Are you recording this? I should be recording then. No, it's a recording to the cloud, and you can then download from the cloud, same as me. Okay, I'm just I'm just a uh, control freak, so I'm going to do it my way. Um, you do it, baby. Anyway, I used to throw mountain parties, and that's the first time that I experienced directly my true will, even though I didn't know what it was called. I knew something was happening, and I've always been a believer in God, but I've never had a theological pocket to put it in, at least, especially not at that time. But I knew when I felt that feeling. So somebody who has mountain parties in their true will, uh, being isolated and not being able to hug anybody or touch anybody or even shake hands or anything like that literally is driving me fucking crazy. It, it drove me crazy yeah. around the time we first met, and I yeah. just got used to it. I just kept yeah. smoking weed. I wasn't able to stop. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's yeah, it. No, it I, I could I, I, imagine people killing themselves. It's really fucking easy to imagine. Hello. Yeah, it's, very, it's very sad. Hello. Who is this? Shall we get you on video as well? Buddy Thompson. Oh, I don't, don't do the vi- I don't do the vidges. All right, that's fine. Shit's just... my handler from. Um, I don't know what organization Marty Sampson works for, but. She has taken the renaming in accordance with naming procedures. I feel like I must be related to the CIA as I got handled today. You know, I never have video. <laughs> I never get video images when I do interviews with, like, the Mossad, so that's normal. <laughs> Welcome to our Mossad agent. I'm so happy we're doing this this week. Don't Marcy, call me I Mossad. I'm in. so not. I'm a cowboy. She's like, no, don't even associate me. She doesn't chant Hebrew all day like we do. Hold on. I chant Enochian now. We're going to get into that. No, I have no Jewish heritage, FYI. I tried to prove I was Jewish. There's no point. But like, I am not. There's no way I can be an Israeli citizen. I wanted to be. Because I don't have, have the blood. Have you seen the women? Enjoy. I hear they're wonderful women. I want to make baby them. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I want lots of little Jewish babies. All right. Where's my... I'm going to go close the window because I can't have my neighbors hearing me talk all this. Jelly. Hey, listen to Fox News. And I don't want to get lynchified. Be right back. So what's your... We're going to talk uh, about some of We're going to talk about some of this stuff. Oh, sorry. I need to introduce you to... Uh, Fred, this is the guy I did the XXX interview with, Mari. Uh, when I was going through my enthusiasmos, which I'm sure we'll talk about it, and this is uh, Mari Sama, Samurai Queen. She sort of signed on right after I, well, liquefied all my generals. And uh, I mean, I, and, I was coming. And she signed on to be my friend after I liquefied everyone. So she's I, fucking crazy. I was ready before that. 
But the important part, the important part, the important part is that I started paying for the Patreon when he needed somebody. (laughs) Well, that's the trick, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I always need more money. I'm glad to hear you. But it's so much more than that. I'm glad you're taking tips from the Grandmaster, Luke, and, you know, just liquefying people that (laughs) displease you. Hey, I'm, I'm ready to be liquefied, Master. You know, you Grand have to be very careful with moles, you know, because apparently it's there are some people that think that uh, my consciousness mixed with the spice melange will end the universe itself. So, so they, Luke. They, so, but I don't do that anymore. And if I do, I don't tell anyone. So, but Luke. I didn't say that. But Luke, um, if I'm, okay, what if I have moles? Does that mean that I'm a mole? Molly, Molly, Molly. Possibly, you might not even know you're a mole. That's how. This, what if like, you like guacamole? Do you have chopped jalapenos in it? Let me close the. Let me close the sliding thing, and we'll get this thing started. Just right, go. go. <laughs> nice to meet you, Mari. Yes. Sorry, I'm late. That's that's all right. I'm glad it's on Zoom. I got banned off of Discord today, so. Pray. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I think I got this. Are we praying? Are we doing a pre, a pre podcast prayer? I didn't. No, we just said hi. Kadosh, 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 Adonai Elohim Sabaoth. Oh my God. It's like rock and roll for the demiurge. I wish I could still sing. Anyone can sing. Yeah, uh, I can sing low now. The voice is the only muscle in your body that actually improves as you get older. So if you take care of your voice, yeah, if you take care of your voice, by the time you're ancient, and like, you know, Saturday, What are we singing? What are we singing? You could sing like an angel. What are we going to sing? What about your dick? What? <laughs> I mean, it's a muscle over time. No, your voice box, dude. Okay. Oh, your voice box. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Yeah. We're talking about how the voice box has healing effects on the penis muscle. That's a fact. That's why it's work. Just ask. You have to like. Okay, but at what at what at what um, angle? It's got to be like some kind of sacred geometry angle that you got to jam it into the voice box. For it to be properly healed. You have to be toning while it happens. So, like, this vibrational effect? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the whole (laughs) rabbit. Where we don't just post all of our personal information to social media so it can be parsed through by the various intelligence agencies. No, we get all of our handlers together for a giant party, cook up some pizza, and swig back a few drinks to engage on an epic conversation that will span the entire spectrum of human wisdom and stupidity at the same time so welcome everybody today i'm joined by mari sama as usual the samurai queen of space hello and also fratter rc the most badass darth vaderian 
samurai hermetic ninja of kadosh powers ever yet manifested on this fucking plane. Welcome to the whole rabbit. Ave Babylon. Ave Babylon to you. You know, that's who I'm about nowadays. And it's Maria. Okay, okay, she's all right too. (laughs) How about, you know, I'm named after her. So's my mom. (laughs) Did you just self mom joke? (laughs) Well, my mother is Martha. So are Martha and Mary. It's wonderful. Mari's kind of like the mom of the whole rabbit. You know, if we were in a big space together, she'd be the one cooking up all the food, pounding out the mochi. You know what I mean? Making the flapjacks. Yeah. And and the jackrabbit for the jackrabbits. Oh, don't cook rabbits. They have no nutritional value. Mari Sanson. Fla- flapjacks. I lost the window with all your faces. Ugh. I gotta find it. Hold on. You found it. Okay. Sorry. Gotcha. Sorry, we're kind of dumb together. So I should should have gotten stoned before this. Um, I thought you Instead, would. I'm oh, are you just vaping? Me, yeah. Good yeah, sir. Three months off uh, off off cigarettes and smoking cloves and stuff. So it's it's not easy, but I, I've done it. I've done it, and I'm in. I'm transitioning now to to full ninja health. I was gonna say, unfortunately. They shut down ninjutsu class, even though we were doing it outside under the bridge on cement and in a park and doing distance work, like, you know, throwing plastic shuriken, dive rolls, tumbling, bow and joe and, and okudo work. So it was as distanced as you can get. You're just hitting each other for, with sticks from a distance. But they shut that down. Too. You can't even meet your friend on the street corner and say hi legally at, at present in British Columbia. And so neither the Masons or the ninjas are able to meet right now. Which means it's a bad time in the world for globalism, control, and uh, assassination. Protest. Whoa, buddy. Are we talking about real life? Because I heard somewhere that conspiracy theories were canceled, they were all racist, and... Uh, we have to retire now from having beliefs about conspiracy theories and uh, secret organizations and things like that. And besides, we're never really sure who to throw into the bus these days. So where do we begin? Mari-sama has left the chat. Yeah, Mari-sama has left the Discord. Fraternizing. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Oh, we know you did something. I'm not asking what, because I know it was something. I got censored today, and it was not fun. What's the point of Discord if you can get censored and banned from it? And and it's because they like the people that control it at the central location don't agree with some like something. It was something somebody else said that I didn't even like. I didn't even know that person, and they said it in a different channel that I wasn't in. And I didn't even respond to it or talk or say anything. And I got banned today. And gosh <laughs> darn it, I've never been banned from anything. Well, welcome to the club. I know. I know it would happen eventually. My first banning was when I got a bunch of uh, people made fake accounts of me on Facebook pretending to be me and then sent me a bunch of like 
death threats and calls to violence and stuff. And I shared those things and threats and fake profiles on my wall. And I got terminated. You got blamed. I got terminated for hate speech, but they were allowed to send the threats and make fake profiles of me. But when I posted those things and said, hey, guys, can you, anyone help me out with this? Hoping some of my lawyer friends and political friends or anyone with a good who wasn't in shock and, and being traumatized could maybe give me some advice. But instead, it shut down my account and I was done. And there's no way to appeal it. Yeah, because they're no like, appeal. oh, you no were appeal. associated with that person. You know, like, uh well, yeah. womp womp. What are you gonna do? I think we're we're heading towards a dangerous time in which, like, any communication with each other might. It's hard. I know if you say that, people are like, "Oh, they're never gonna stop all human communication." Like, well, what about half? Could. Even half could. is worse. We've already lost more than half of our ability to communicate. No, wait a minute. Don't you uh, well, but we've it come from a but we've come from a place live. we've come from a place where we we weren't able to communicate like this before and we used we to have the free ability to do that and now now that everything's faster and more efficient it's everything's being cracked down upon and it's to the point where it's like innocent people are being caught up in this and i know that for a fact i've oh, seen sure. it with my own eyes Oh, so many innocent people are having their lives just destroyed and wiped out. Tons. And, and tons. they say, like, oh, if you're innocent, you have nothing to hide, then, you, you know, you don't hide. It, the, but you can, you can do a blanket ban, and there's no reason for it. These big tech companies have a monopoly on the Internet, and that's not what it was for. That's not how it was built. But that rationale, all politicians in the world should have their texts and their emails completely public if they if innocent people have nothing to hide right exactly yes exactly every level of our government and our economic system should be transparent if that's the case if that's you know? the case and but that's not the case i literally like, cannot imagine that being the case like, like the right second now, that was a rule, they would immediately just go buy burner phones like every other gangster. Or make a private server. I can't even get a Discord yeah. account with a burner phone. Do you understand this? That's you how to talk fucking to Hi- Hillary. You gotta talk to Hillary. <laughs> get one of those private servers. She'll hook oh, you up, lady. She'll I ain't hook talking you up. to I ain't to, no. Her her private servers blow up. <laughs> Or they shred themselves. <laughs> Don't you know it's called a security measure, Mari Sampson. <laughs> well, I like yeah. to preserve my data. Thank you very much. But It's called privacy. If you've ever heard of such a thing, it's for the people who can afford it. Not you or me. But yeah, I don't, I don't even have a I'm VPN asking. anymore. Is VPN even really secure? I think the only reason I've never no. used one is because I don't really believe that. It's like that. If I was the government, that would be the perfect way for me to find out who I should pay attention to. Just look at the people with who you have VPNs and ignore everybody else. Well, now everyone 100%. has one. Do they? I, I, most people, I don't know anyone who uses a VPN. A lot personally. of people do. It depends. Well, I'm, sure. I'm sure. I mean, they're very popular, and maybe I will use one if I find out more about them but I, at this point i don't really believe that they protect you from like prism or the other systems that snowden pointed they don't able to scan all your data right? they don't but most people use them to log into netflix and see other movies that, yeah. that, that you can't so you, see in our district in, or our yeah, region if you, so if you try that in canada your your 
internet service provider gets notified that you're using a VPN and then will notifies you that if you don't stop using it, they'll shut off your internet. Okay, I've had that well, exact problem with fans on the show that they cannot find the same movies as us. They have to switch over to a VPN and then they do get that warning that you're yeah, talking. Yeah, about. of course. V that's why America is awesome. <laughs> I don't know if you're being facetious or not. I'm sorry, no, uh, they send us cease and desist. If you are uploading a lot, if you upload for a long time, I'm in Georgia, so we're a lot different than California, which is where Luke's located. Shout out to Georgia. <laughs> I got some adept friends from my good old Golden Dawn days in Georgia. There's some good people there. But if you have a VPN and you're from, like, Cambodia, no one's going to fuck with, like, your ISP isn't going to know. Well, like, there's a lot more... In some parts of Asia, there's more internet freedom, though I don't think, I think you're still being checked. Well, out. I'm saying we're in America. If you use a VPN, the ISP, the ISP doesn't necessarily know. Mm. So yeah, that, that appears to be the case, which is why you have so many people using affiliate marketing with, with VPNs, right? Because apparently, yeah, it does work in America. And I'm in, I'm, I'm also in cryptocurrency and in, in like if you can like VPN to another country, sometimes you can use certain uh, trading apparatus or you can you or you can buy certain coins depending on like what country you're in. But if it's banned in a certain country, you go to, you know, th there's uses for it. But no. you're right. At the end of the day, if you get in trouble, you know, they can they can trace your signal. So. Gosh, no wonder Discord pulled the plug on you, you ruffian, you yeah. hooligan, you well, digital you should, terrorizer of the information world. You should be worried that I know where your mom lives then. Oh, she's got guns though. She'll fucking don't, kill you. Don't, don't, I have gun. <laughs> My family was talking recently about how horrible it is that Americans have guns and want more and that the best thing that could ever happen in America is to take away all the guns. And I looked at them after having educated myself a little bit more the last 14 months I was in California when we first talked, Luke. Oh, gun. Um, and, and, and I was like, you know, the only reason the state still has more freedoms than other countries is largely because of the armed civilian population. It's also a major reason why you guys have never been invaded. And if you get invaded, we get invaded. Y'all so boys. I'm glad you all have guns. It's a little, it's a shame. Like, like the point, this is often overlooked, and I bring it up a couple times. The problem with gun violence isn't because of your access to guns. We have just as many guns per capita in Canada as you have in the, the States. So just as many people have guns comparatively access why, to why don't we have the yeah, and own them why don't we have the same violence level and that was the thesis of bowling for columbine but the it seems like the premise uh, the thesis got lost in the shuffle of michael moore's dramatization of it the actual point of that documentary was the re the difference in violence is due to culture it's due to a violent culture so it's really which is odd because you guys don't allow the same amount of swearing and nudity on public programming as the rest of the world western world does but you still have this culture that does promote violence just enough not a ton more i don't think we most people i think in the world play grand theft auto education but like yeah 
there's this, there's this, there's this like, um, you know, I, I think it comes along with maybe that idea of American exceptionalism and triumphalism, this idea that, you know, it was won through violence and therefore violence is always the answer. But that's like a, that's where you get into a blurring of where things are good and not so good. Cause, cause it's not about violence good. though. Exactly. It's not about, it's violence. about it having about? a good defense. Right. So well, sometimes I, a good offense is a good defense. Right. Now like, we've opened so many different conversations here, and I'd like to weave them all together. Um, one thing I realized throughout my show and doing research for it was that there seems to be a thread of similarity, and Hideo Kojima noticed it, much like he notices everything because he's a genius, between the Japanese ninja and the American gunslinger. And it relates to this idea of finding a place outside of the establishment, or at least outside of the control of the kings or the local rulers, where you have self-governance and self-control. And the mythology around the gunslinger and the ninja is that it's one through criminality, war, deception, and, you know, busting out your katana and throwing shurikens and shooting the other guy with the revolver and riding the horse into the sunset and all that shit that we're addicted to through the media and mythology. So I can appreciate that. Uh, Elon Musk says that we are a distillation of the spirit of exploration, that we, everyone here, we're all, yeah, we're all immigrants, but we're all immigrants that came here because we believed in a better life. And we left where we were, we left our traditions to go find it. And that's what brings us all together and uh, gives us something in common. So when I hear Fox News be like, yeah, America's great because our cops are definitely not racist. Or I hear over on the left where it's like, now listen, everybody, we know there's something wrong with white people. And we have to pull the plug on everything. All the movies, all the culture, and rewrite history and rewrite everything. Otherwise, we're going to keep repeating all the same evils of capitalism. So, like, uh, it all sounds a bit too crazy for me. And I think that I think I think the thing that makes an American an American is the will to self-governance and the call to the pursuit of happiness, as vague and abstract as that is. And I don't think that's a dream that we should just dispense with. You know, that's my take on that. Anyway. But what if your ideal is just a fantasy? Well, aren't they all? Because here's the thing. We merely survive our realities. We live through our fantasies. You know what I mean? I said it backwards, but that's what Robert Anton Wilson said, and he was right. Yeah. Uh, what's more important than than the story of the the story of the world or the story you tell yourself in the world, right? I really think it's important though to not get your hopes up. <laughs> sounds, I, sounds like someone who just got banned off a platform. <laughs> yeah, but I was ideal, and I'm like, I didn't do anything, and I literally didn't do anything wrong. I was trying to protect myself in case you fraternized. I no. I know, but it's like, but it was for something that was just an expression of speech. It wasn't, it wasn't anything like other people did something wrong and it, and I had to pay for it. So no one should get 
somebody no just posted punished. the wrong Wojak and now you have to suffer. Yeah. No one should get be getting punished for speech. But I, I wanted to protect myself in case I wanted in in case I wanted to travel and go to a protest. But you know, that's fine. I'll figure out my own way. But at the same time, you know, them banning everybody at once is hindering other people's safety by doing that. What do you mean by banning everybody at once? Like, okay, on Discord, it's a server. So a server has multiple chat rooms in it. And then people can meet each other on the server and DM or they can talk in public on the server about stuff. So I went to sleep at like 10 o'clock last night and woke up. Apparently it happened overnight that this server, this entire server got banned over a few users. Oh, wow. Violating rules. And I saw there were a few mods on the server. It was like a two-day-old server. There are a couple mods on it. Or, like, not a couple, but you know what I mean. Like, there was, like, maybe 10 or 15 of them for the whole server. I don't really know what a mod is. The Jannies. The Jannies got, yeah. A a moderator. Somebody who comes through the chat room and is like, oh, that's against the rules. You're banned. Or you have a warning, you know. And I saw multiple people get banned for talking about, like, And those people were supposedly... You know, I, I saw them get banned while I was awake. And then when I went to sleep, uh, apparently a bunch of other people were talking very violently and making like, like inciting violence, like calls for violence. No, they were, they were, they were, yeah, they were, well, they were being, um, they were being violent in their speech and then making, making plans with weapons. So, on a public on a public server. Big difference <laughs> my. in my mind. Yeah, that's crazy. But there's a big difference between, of course, violence in speech and using vi- speech to uh, plan violence. Right? One's a crime. One isn't. I mean, I wasn't away. I didn't see anything. Oh yeah. Well, I'm just speculating. Crazy, right? I'm you I'm were, only you speculating. Were, you, got, you were you were like. Yeah, it's it's almost like you you went to a, a party and then you it could left. have been a LARP, you know and what I'm saying? And, it's but like it, you, it sounds it, like you went to a party, then you went home, went to bed, and got woken up by the cops who had arrested everyone at the party, and now they're there right. for you because you stopped by. Well, yeah, and I was like, and the only reason I was there is because I was trying to find somebody who had a good like a like a caravan or some camping equipment. So I don't get left out on the street in case the hotels get filled up where, where I'm going. And you're now I can't. Now I'm not equipment. And now you're banned. Tell it to the FBI, Mari. Tell it to the FBI. I mean, I don't even have a coat now, so it doesn't even matter. But a coat is that what they call it now? No, it's like the thing that you wear when you're cold. Got it. Burr. And gloves. It's cold. Yeah, wink, like wink. A, the eagle has landed. Like Mari Samson. That sounds like leftist code for weapons to me. Well, it could be, but that's you that's want, what I'm saying. Is it? It could have been food that. and clothing. Food and clothing. We all know that that's a uh, code. It it doesn't matter what it was. The fact is, is I was trying to to find a carpool, not even for myself, but more for my roommate, so he's not alone. 
You know what's cool, though? You should have just gone out in the street and asked somebody for their home. In fact, demanded it. You I don't, don't want a, a home. You can I already just demand for- somebody's apartment. Now, no. That's what you should do. There's no. There's no way. No. Not. If you have a big enough mob, you can do it. <sighs> that's not what I was trying to do. Well, I'm being silly. My anyway, attention. it's just like there was like a small group of people doing this overnight, probably, and there were no Any, Mari, we will figure it out. Mari, we will figure I'm it out. Sorry. Whole, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I've never been story. banned from anything before, and it's really upsetting. Oh, Listen, the yeah. point of the story is it's making it difficult for us to record because that's where we record. So, well, you it's asked. okay. Well, I did ask. I did ask. But don't you feel safer now? No. See, Zoom is much safer. All the servers are in China. So we know the U.S. No! is protecting them. <laughs> no! Yeah. No! Biden's got our back now. He's going to make sure China takes good care of us. Well, they have the longest extant uh, culture on Earth in between their calendars and their mythologies. So, I mean... It's not all bad. Canada is owned by China mostly, um, even though we have the Huawei CFO in prison and they have a Canadian in prison and they want to swap. And we're like, nope. Um, but we still have like majority uh, Chinese population, which is great for living. I, I've, I loved growing up in an Asian dominated area. Great food, great cool manga and all this other stuff. Um, you know, I, I did date a, a couple people during my life who uh, who were chinese um uh, once one turned out well one turned out different did, didn't turn out well and um one thing that that opened my eyes to is actually that they 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 said you know i don't know why you think it's so great they hate you we'd go to restaurants and she ch- translate what people were saying in the restaurant she's like translating what people are saying about me and it was like i'm like no these are people aren't all talking about me they're like yeah you're here with me and you're white and they think you're like a gross pig that I'm. They are so using. I was like, what? About you. I was like, what? Really? She's like, yeah, that woman just called you a fat slob. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. I was like, what? And I stare at the woman, and she's, like, glaring at me. I'm like, oh, snap. I thought, like, every time they looked at me, I, I was, uh, they were like, oh, it's so great that we're all one human family. And Trying to tie number one. Multinational city, and that's great. There was a protest downtown the other day uh, against the Uyghur concentration camps because, you know, it's, it's not a good thing that we uh, have concentration camps full of failed Chinese white rappers. Um, and the, the protest was very small and it was, there was hordes of, uh, of, of, <laughs> I, of I feel compelled to laugh, but I don't fully it. understand what you just said. I know. That's uh, all right. You'll get it in replay. Actual yeah. fuck. Yeah. So the Uyghur concentration camps in China, you know about that, right? Like they're selling their organs and all of that. Um, no, I don't know. How guys are going to get not white people, but other kinds well, okay, perhaps. So, yeah, no, I was joking. I was making a reference to the new Andrew Schultz special, which is hilarious. You should watch that. Um, the Uyghurs are, are uh, from northern Turkey, I believe, but they're Chinese uh, Muslims, and they've been being put in concentration camps. Mulan was formed, I, filmed partly on it, one of their concentration camps. But it's not, it's not Uyghurs, right? That's no, like what you call... Uyghurs. Uyghurs is U-I-G-H-E-R-S. <laughs> Um, and that's the name of this racial group okay. of Muslim Chinese people. And they've been put in these re-education camps that dwarf okay. the Nazi death camps by quite yes. a bit. And they've been having yes. their organs sold off for sterilization, all these horrors. Things that, you know, we really should be like almost at boots on the ground going to war with them about because it's I had true. no idea it was pronounced that way. But yes, this is... Uyghur, this Uyghurs. Is- Uyghurs. Yeah. And I love the joke that make it makes it about Uyghurs, like white rappers. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you got to have a bit. You flip me out, dude. Yeah. You, you got to have a bit out. of humor. I thought oh. you would just say Muslims, and I'm like, yes, Muslims are being killed there. Let's yeah. let's like, come on, you guys. Yeah. Let's World War so, Three. So come on. So let's there was a protest fly over in here. Vancouver. There was a Vancouver protest against the Uyghur concentration camps uh, by with Uyghurs uh, holding up banners and signs and stuff, and they were they were like getting just death stares from ninety percent of the people around them who were all Chinese. And I went up there and started like talking to them and was like, if it wasn't pouring rain, you know, I'd stand. I feel so sorry for Canada. Um, Why? Because there's so many Chinese. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of Chinese people. That's great. Like, it's great to have, like, Chinese people are awesome. I, I, I've, really, uh, but, um, but the problem they, is letting the Chinese government buy everything and, and control us, which is insane. We should right, not sell our natural are, resources to foreign countries are angry, that want to destroy us. If they're angry at the protesters, don't you think that they're nationals of China instead of the United States or Canada. Oh my oh, God, yeah. you guys. It's, they're the, definitely the elite Chinese coming over here, but just because their country is, like a lot of them don't agree with what their country does. And when they have kids and a lot of the people Chinese in Vancouver are second and third generation Chinese now. And like, you know, 
they're most of them are not fans of their government just like most of us are not fans of our government our government's shit up here our government before the current government trudeau was shit as well and the same goes for you guys i mean like you guys just had a had a somewhat shitty government before that you had an even shittier one and now you're probably going to have just a complete disaster but that's and i think most people hey man don't talk about my country that way but why bro but why would the Canadians or the the Canadian Chinese give a stink eye to the to the protesters? Because protesting they, is a right, and it's a it's a free speech right. Because they want to be thought of well, and they don't want people pointing out that they have that they're tacitly supporting concentration camps. <laughs> well, it's if they have something to hide, then maybe they're going to act that way. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, it's so it's so parallel to what happened in Nazi Germany. It's not even funny. I just wish that there was more uh, press on this. Like for That's real, what we all wish. Yeah, for real. Yeah, the fact that, I can't yeah. believe that Mulan credited it, and and people like haven't like figured this out yet. Well, a lot of people Disney. do know about. Well, Mulan did pay for it at the at the box office or whatever you want to call it quote well they had to thank it in the credits yeah of course they did and well because they want to thank and it nobody really know. cares yeah disney 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 you got to remember downplayed john boyega in star wars and took him off the poster or put him in the background because Ch- the chinese government said we don't want him in this movie because he's black they want to and sell the, the and the, and they, all right all right slow down slow down you you guys are just Killing me here with things that I am a fucking sand. Oh my god! <laughs> down, dog. Down. Uh, you're kidding me about John Boyega, right? No, they. Can we pause and they, go into that? They they absolutely cut his scenes from Star Wars release in China because he's black and ch- black people are bad according to China. They're unlucky. And any people that aren't Chinese are bad, according to the Chinese Communist Party. Have you not that's seen that video? For anyone listening to the show, listen, that's, that's, okay. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a statement that they're very listen, proud of. Y'all are concerned about a lot of real-life things. But because I am just a lowly podcaster, I'm concerned about one thing primarily right now that I want to get. It's that it's this idea that we we cannot let... I don't want to be associated with racism or racist ideology because I'm into conspiracy theories. No, and you're associated to... with those things because you're white, dude. Uh, uh, hey, Luke. It's a joke. That's an interesting take on it. It's not true. No. Okay. Can I fratter something? What? Sorry, what? Sure, fratter RC. RC. Please. Did you see the video of... It was like at the beginning of COVID and then Chinese hotels, like hotel lobbies were refusing. And also McDonald's, it was like a specifically a McDonald's was refusing entrance to black people. Yeah. That's not a surprise. Like I grew up in Vancouver What? and there was so, I, and there were so many restaurants that said white people weren't welcome. It wasn't even funny. I remember when I was what? nine, I tried to go have lunch at a Chinese restaurant yeah. in Richmond. There's a Japanese restaurant here that only lets up. one family in once. That's why. Yeah. My dad came to meet me at this Chinese restaurant. I was nine, ten years old, and he was going to meet me there for lunch. And I was there after playing Street Fighter all day on at the arcade. And he met me there for lunch. 
And I was crying in the lobby. And he's like, what's wrong? They're like, he wants to eat here. And he's like, what's wrong with that? They were like, no, no white people, no white people, Chinese only. And my dad was like, okay, we're going. And we left. And I grew up there. Right? There are and, so and, many things I want to say. Yeah. So many yeah, things but I want to say. Uh, okay. Well, okay. But, so I but, but, hold but, but, on. But, 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 but did you I, see the video? No. Did anyone see that video? Which video? It's a video of a Chinese uh, McDonald's refusing entry into a building of black people. I don't know why this surprises you. Because they thought they were dirty with coronavirus or something. because they're black. That's what they think. This this is not new stuff. This stuff has been going on in China since. I just want to reiterate the, this for like the, I know Luke know, might beginning. cut this out. Look at him. Look at him hold his head. He likes sushi <laughs> too much. Well, the, he doesn't have to worry about what goes on the whole rabbit podcast because this is a simulcast of Magic Without Fears Hermetic podcast and the whole rabbit. Shout out to the whole rabbit fans. I love you guys. Um, and so there's going to be slightly two different versions between his and mine. And that's fine. We talk about different things. And I one mean, of the things I've, and I've been canceled on pretty much every platform forever for years now. And so uh, the, for me, the only purpose in talking publicly anymore is to be real. If you're not real, you're, you're just part of the problem. And I love, I love he's sweating and rubbing his head. I know. I love it too. I wish you could see me. I'm just gritting wide. It's like at my work, even I'm in manufacturing. Do you know how happy I am for my job to like stop buying Chinese products? Like we're moving, we're moving away from it. Create jobs in North America by making things again. It really, I, I, I don't know if that's a talking point, but it, it, it's something that keeps coming up. Like why? We parted with, Can- we- with Canada and Mexico with our new products. So I'm like really stoked to have it happening over here. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. And we take the wood from like uh, Taiwan, I think, or Vietnam, but it, it's just like a nice wood product. Did you know that we can actually be eating cloned animals right now and they don't have to tell us? Oh, yeah. And yeah. GMO products? Yeah, yeah. All right, Luke. What do you want to talk about? I spent he's, most of my he's time... He's, like, crying literally now. <laughs> <laughs> I spent most of my time prepping uh, medieval Kabbalistic details and stuff about the Assyrian okay, tree sorry. of life. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So that's what I, I prepared Go ahead. for. The fact that Luke wanted to start off talking about 2020 and the world and politics is, is on him. Fucked. He sent me a preliminary outline of this of this podcast, and that was at the top. So I do. I'm following I the feel plan. Like I'm having a a little bit of trouble getting my words in edgewise here, though, because uh, okay. I do have some fucking interesting ideas about communism, no. about free speech, and all the rest of it. And you know, if. If, if since I am cry, I'm crying because I'm with 35 minutes in. I have no idea what I'm allowed to share now on YouTube or on the podcast. And to be frank, like I don't want to go down with the ship of like, oh, these conspiracy theorists. They just they just are fucking racist and they just want to I mean, preserve their racist culture and like so here's what I want to get it let's let me play devil's advocate because that's what I fucking do best. I'm full of now, shit. I went to I went to college. Okay. And and before I even say this, as a conspiracy theorist podcaster, if you've been to my Discord through no effort of my own, you can see it as a roster of 
very colorful, diverse people. Like I said, through no effort of my own. It just turned out that way. So I don't really think that I'm the epicenter of racism and racist thinking. So now that I've said that, I did go to college. And, uh, you know, I no, I feel a little sad that my Discord hasn't been targeted to be deleted because of crazy, edgy ideas. Because now I feel a bit tame, Mari. Thanks. But, um, no, really. (laughs) I... Well, I went to I went to college and learned how to ma- hate America. You know, I did that, and while I was there, me too. I, I took this. I took a bunch of classes on communication because I'm an idiot and should have done biology or chemistry or something useful for the world. But I did communication. So while I was in communication, I learned a lot about this lady named Jane Elliott, and she taught me a lot about racism. One fascinating thing they did was pass out this test, and it was just basically stuff that, like, black people would know. Like, what are collard greens? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, And, of course, that's the one question I can actually remember, right? Someone from Georgia might know. They're delicious. Uh, So, the whole point was, is that all the white people in class got very bad scores, and all the black people got great scores. And then the teacher can kind of run this little social experiment and be like, you see, it's because the white people don't pay attention. You know what I mean? And you can kind of take this to like like a higher and a higher level, and you can really sort of suss out that, yeah, we do kind of live in a culture where we just are fed these mythologies, and we have to regurgitate them no matter how true they are or not. And we do live in a country where we have a systemic racism problem in our social, excuse me, in our justice system, the courts, the prisons, the police. And it's something that I really grinds my teeth when I hear Fox News saying stuff like, oh, these people on the left, they're trying to promote this idea that there's something wrong with the police. Well, it's like, yeah, minorities have known, especially like inner city black folk have known for a long time. The police, in some instances, can be fucking racist and violent and unfair. They can, like, if you are, like, if I married a black woman and I had a kid with her, I'd have to give my mulatto kid the talk, like, hey, man, you keep your hands on the wheel. They could kill you. You know what I mean? Like, for no reason. And, 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 and I hear this stuff on Fox News, and I, just, I can pull it up on my phone in five seconds. You type, the executioner's. LA gang. And what is it? It's a gang inside the LAPD that you get a new tattoo or whatever every time you execute another minority. So are we gonna am I gonna sit here and pretend that there's no such thing as systemic racism in America or that we pass along imperialistic ideas or that we've reached a point in our civilization where we have to seriously question what capitalism and like nationalism even means anymore in a world that's totally interconnected. But in that same way that I want to be critical of my country and of my culture, I don't want to give it up and I don't want to throw it out. And I don't want to have to go back and see what's wrong. I don't, I don't want to have to give up star Wars. You know what I mean? And I shouldn't have to. What were we talking about, Star Wars? Yeah, why did they... They wrote out John Boyega, supposedly. No, not entirely. They minimized him because of his race. And you know what? Honestly, she did hook up with with the white guy at the end who 
all their inter- all their actual interactions together were extremely abusive between you know they just tried to kill each other the whole time and then none she of that made any him. sense yeah yeah so it's kind of like I, all the black people who watch that is like oh so you're so the girl just is gonna pick like the toxic unhelpful vengeful mama's boy white guy and like the helpful you know black person who's trying to like get his life together and maybe even help the revolution like just gets a hug at the end it's, it is kind of fucked up I mean, we all know da, da, da. we all know Adam Driver like carried that movie, so I'm gonna give it to him. You know what I mean? That's fine. You know, my mom actually hates him in that movie. She likes him as an actor, but thinks he was wrong for that role entirely. I don't get it. I, I thought he was fine. It's just the the everything. The whole thing was obviously such a astounding disaster. Um, I'm so uh, honestly with the recent episode of Mandalorian, I'm like, Oh my God, fucking thank God. John Favreau has done his best to sort of save my childhood because Star Wars was sort of ripped away from us in a brutal fashion by, uh, the whole Kathleen Kennedy movement, um, which is, it's so hypocritical, right? Cause she's all social justice warrior, uh, you know, woman power and racial equality. Then she minimizes John Boyega at the request of China. So she's just a, lying piece of shit really that's hypocrite that's hypocritical and yeah, that's what she's, she's just a she's just a mean white woman <laughs> yeah an entitled one who thinks that her worldview is the most important and if you don't agree with it then you should be canceled and destroyed of course what she wants isn't that unfamiliar to us it is the same thing as white patriarchalism has had for most of recorded history in which we're in charge we're right and oh we're inconsistent that's the plan tough luck motherfucker like do your job for free (laughs) so like this there's there's a movement within feminism to get exactly what patriarchalism used to have the problem is that's not where we want to (laughs) go like (laughs) there's that's more or less my take on things as well um the resurgence of feminism as women first uh, over men (laughs) as opposed to egalitarianism and humanitarianism which is what it was meant to be and was for the longest time That's that's what we need i don't know why no one is talking about humanitarianism anymore i don't get it why can't we talk about egalitarianism why do people have to preface what they say as speaking as a a white male or speaking as a black woman or speaking as a Latino man. What? Like, as soon as you say I'm speaking as a, that's the the racist thing. That's the ideological thing. You're saying what I'm about to say matters either more or less or only in the context of how I identify. That person is the one dividing the situation. That is the person putting the boundaries in the conversation so that you can't relate to somebody that looks different than you, which is wrong and it's immoral. Yeah, I mean, it's just no surprise that the powers that be want to separate us like this. It's much easier to divide and conquer. Correct. They, if, they, if they don't have a giant mass of people joining arms, if there's something that they can get that everyone's like, oh, well, I don't, I kind of, I kind of, you know, I don't agree with that. And you know what? You're wrong. It's like if they can get people to do that, then they have it made. They, they can control us. It, it, they just put out propaganda on either side, and it makes people pull away from each other and separate also with this virus. Sorry. I don't want to like mess up any, but anybody's like monetization, but 
I'm not going to monetize this video, but can you just like, you know, uh, speak well, plain, but you know, I'm just saying like it with the virus, everybody's separated from each other already. If even if you're already, um, like agreeing with somebody, like I can't see my mom cause she's sick. You know, like I can't, I can't go visit people. I can't talk to them. So it, 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 it's a bad environment all around. And I think like if, if they make it a stigma to talk to somebody about these issues, it makes it worse. What do you think, Luke? I believe it's a bad idea that we have conversations we ought not to have in topics and things that are sh should no longer be discussed. I appreciate that. Minorities always need to be defended against from the larger democratic mechanism because they can basically always be bludgeoned by the larger group. So I do believe that in general, minorities of all types need to be protected, but I also believe that freedom of speech is one of the things that we are protecting and one of the rights that we are trying to maintain for everyone simultaneously, regardless of what they are. And that I believe we should live in a civilization that is expected to take these rights and privileges and carry them with pride. And the way they should do that is by carrying them with responsibility and by making like, we're all trusted to drive cars. You know what I mean? Like, we take our lives into our own hands because we're a civilization that is advanced enough for everyone to have a fucking car. They're, you know what I mean? So we're all expected to take our lives into our hands in that regard. I believe we should be expected to have that same responsibility when it comes to our speech. And... I don't think anyone should just be, I guess people can always choose to tune out. That's the other thing. It is somebody's free speech to cancel somebody. You know what I mean? And it's our, there's different it laws about driving. There's different laws about driving and like what to expect socially while driving. I'm rambling. I guess here's the thing is like, I believe in self-governance. I believe in freedom of speech almost as, as like a, in a religious sense. But I but, do appreciate, but even like, okay. But if, so, what if there's not a standard for everyone to go by? That's what I advocate for is like, yes, you have your own freedom. Standard? Yeah, but everybody's got to adhere to the standard of the area that they adhere, that, that, that they live in. I'm sorry. But most, like somebody wrecked into me because they don't understand traffic laws here. So I've had an experience like that. But we have a system to, to deal with it. And I wanted to say another thing about feminism. Well, I had to uh, pay a lot of money. <laughs> I want to, I'm sorry. I want to say another thing about feminism that you struck me with, uh, hit a chord. Yeah, I think feminism cool. is morphing basically into a what monster? I like to call the patriarchy and drag. Let him, let him finish. Okay. No, what we call feminism today is a lot like the patriarchy and drag. It's this idea that you must think this way. You must be attracted to this thing. This is now your new thing. You know what I mean? Like you, you, it's uh, so bad. 
um, it, it's this I, it's this idea that men should be more like women maybe and that women should it's... women should be you know more like men but like it's been, it was my understanding that feminism is it's more like we should value the woman who gives her life to stay home and take care of the kid and cook the food and we should give her an equal station with the man and she should have an equal station in terms of decision making and she should be paid the same amount as a man and women should be treated equal as men in the space program in engineering in construction in the military and this goes for gays and you know all minorities too like if you're gay yeah. you can be a marine if you are a transvestite you can be uh, an astronaut that's what it means to me but trying to like equalize the score and like get revenge on like this race or this class it's based on a, a, a his, based on like a historical narrative that uh, you saw that you saw people try and do that and fuck up royally with the uh, the uh, the uh, trying to cancel Dungeons and Dragons when a bunch of people yeah. were saying that orcs orcs are racist. It's and not. Did you hear about that, Luke? Yeah. Let's talk about why are orcs racist. They said that they, these people. A lot of people spoke out. I believe it was on Twitter. I don't know. I just caught everything afterwards uh, from various news sources, and then I looked into it. And so the reason that they were saying orcs are racist is because they're violent, aggressive, criminal, brutish and mean and since those are the qualities of black people their character their character their that they are therefore um character uh characterizations what's the word that they are caricatures of black people because they have all the same attributes as black people those people didn't realize that they're the very that's racist that, <laughs> yeah, right you think exactly like, you're saying that because these monsters that are designed as cannon fodder in dungeons and dragons are all these evil evil traits and that you see those traits as being in your mind that's what black people are therefore orcs are racist not therefore you are racist so we see this this faulty logic happening a lot these days and people are perpetuating it because it's very very seductive it's very like very much like the dark side okay i have some racist ideas that that dovetail with BLM and the left. I'm kind of curious what you guys have to think about. As think a, have to as say a, anything about it? As a white cis male, I care greatly even more so about what you think. Okay, excellent. <laughs> I won't even use those words. How am I yeah, going to use hateful. this audio for the internet now? You guys are fucking... <laughs> I'm, I'm a so Slavic woman. Fuck me so hard, you guys. Um, Jesus, I'm just going to make this, like, not for kids, whatever. Uh... <laughs> oh man, not safe for work. I'm a Slavic biological this, woman. This is the follow up to tr or an episode we did earlier on your podcast and mine called, which you called Triple X on yours. So for those who want to hear that, go check out Triple X. And the point oh, of this don't. one was to call it the Xening. So it's even more than Triple X. It is the Triple X coming to town to eat. Where's you the alive. dick? And that's what's happening. Oh God! Um, I would feel much better if we just pulled out our dicks and talked about that because that's a lot. Well, it is no, probably I, time. It is probably time to move on to some of the other things you wanted to talk about. Um, holy shit! No, I had a. I wanted to make a point about something. And make I'm, a oh, point, baby. All the things you're talking about. Well, you uh, ought to, because I have to take a break. Okay, well, I, I have to pee. Say what you needed to say, or or go pee, whatever. 
Because the next point, we have covered the first few of your your topics. Oh no, I said I built up. I built it up. I can't just build it up and not let it out because listeners hate that shit. So that's what it. That's what no. I do that as a no fap thing. Luke, yeah. Time out. No, I want to say some stuff that. Yeah, Mar, you can go to the bathroom. He's no. We're gonna time out, and you tell me. She needs to hear it though. You know, you need to tell me where we're at. Are you going to lose ask? all my listeners? This is what's going to happen. You want to ask questions. What are we talking about? I'm going to put warnings on this. I'm going to be you like, look. To, you need to no, uh, Luke, say what you were going to say. Luke. No, I have to understand. Where are you at in the script? Nowhere. Are you going to ask anything? Yeah, you can ask all that stuff on there. That's fine. But I wanted to say the thing that I've, I, I'm now I'm just teasing it too much. Go okay. pee and I'll say, can we have out. a girls, a no girl zone? No, that's so, that's so. You guys un- can talk incorrect and phrasing. I'm like not here. It's now. like so risque, so risque. Do you see what Luke and I look like? Everything's a no girl zone when we're involved. Oh, bitch. Come Snap. on. Self burn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. No, you're pretty motherfucker. Don't. Don't you got you where guys. I was from. Don't I want to hear what your point was that you wanted to make. Just hold your pee for a minute, Mari. My point is this. I think there is something to be said uh, uh, where if, if we're just going to say America's great, America's this amazing thing, um, a big part of that is because of our exports, right, and our culture. And God damn it, if... if, if uh, Funk and blues were not the greatest pieces of music ever written in history by black people in this country, you know, and, and we should be proud of it as Americans. It, and I it think, is, I agree. And that the founding not fathers. Not if you're white. <clears throat> shut up, Maury. There's no such thing as white. That's the other thing. I'm going to go back to that. There's no fucking Just shut up. white. Shut up, Luke. That's, that's fucking, that, that's, that's racist. To to quote a fellow Vancouverite, Mr. Deadpool, we're all pink on the inside. I know, right? You are. Oh, it's a little purple. Go ahead. Go ahead and tell him that. You keep cutting off his train of thought. Just smile, Mari. Just be look there. Just sit there. Oh, believe me, I am every day. You Always are to be seen and not heard, Mari. Oh, put okay. on your camera and mute the the microphone. I ain't, put, I ain't putting your, my camera on. Fuck you. No, seriously, Luke says that to his no. aunt in the Christmas no. special of no. of uh, Star Wars, and it does stand out as kind of like you. That is. How toxic. about you guys talk about That's Star good. Wars for ten minutes, and I'm gonna be gone. Anyway, sure. The I think the ideal. I think Wakanda is not far off. It just needs to be like maybe a little more like it needs to be in America, obviously. And um, a little more multicultural, maybe. But that's basically the idea. Because the founding, I think the founding fathers had ancient Egypt in mind when they created America. And yeah, you can say like, well, they were definitely being like racist white imperial fucks by owning slaves and, you know, trying to piggyback off ancient African magic uh, and still be racist, you know, but at the same time, 
deep down inside, they knew that the wisdom of this world and the spiritual egregory of self-governance and self-kingship went back spiritually to the land of Kemet and Africa and ancient Egypt. And that's why they named things the way they did. And they knew through their study of Greek culture that the Greeks did this as well. The Greeks likened themselves to um, what that ancient race that fought the Atlanteans. And they gained this knowledge through the priests of Egypt. And so the idea of creating a government that's based on eternal laws and eternal wisdom, it's a meme from Africa and from Egypt. And we incorporated that into the symbolism of our country, into masonry. And so when Fox News says, oh, well, America's founded on evangelical Christian values, or the left says, like, well, we're so inherently racist, we need to just dispense with American culture entirely, they're both wrong. No shit. The truth is that our culture goes back to ancient Egypt. And we do have a spiritual lineage that connects us there. And so it's part of the mystery of being an American. And it just happens to be that our greatest cultural export was created by black musicians. And these black musicians also maybe just happen to be the greatest musicians that have ever lived. And if you go back and, and I've actually lost listeners because I've said this before, because they think that's a racist perspective for some reason, but you can't arch. What are you going to do? Like, and I, I, there are actually, I have seen some far left bloggers that are like, <laughs> you know, white people, it goes to like classical music. And then like, it shows like black people, it's got like jazz and, it, and like blues and uh, funk and hip hop and rig. And it just is like this huge tree of all these different types of music. And we're just over here, just rocking away to Bach. You know what I mean? And yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of fucking true, man. So yeah, yeah. You know, I always loved that quote from the White House drug czar in, I think it was 1955. I put the quote on the card game I, held, I designed uh, 13 years ago called Kill the Hippies. And uh, the quote says, uh, um, marijuana is, is, a primarily, is a drug primarily used by musicians. And when I say musicians, I don't mean the good sort of musician, but the jazz type. Oh, my God. Right? And so in 55, that's what this white guy obviously said who uh worked at the white house is the drugs are and what's funny today now is if you like go home to mom and be like mom i found the love of my life we're going to get married oh what's he what's he or she do oh they're a musician and instantly the reaction is going to be like whoa shit you see someone in an orchestra making a grand a month or something or busking but then if they're like oh no no a jazz musician now it's like oh shit you've met a really talented human being Right, so it's yes, absolutely flipped in the last fifty to seventy years. Um, now, if you're like if you're a jazz musician, you're fucking good. Otherwise, you're just learning jazz, you know. Um, right. Yeah, there's so there's like I, only one instrument I play where I can sit in with jazz players. Only one instrument. I play a bunch of instruments, but there's only one where I can hold it together and actually add something to a jazz ensemble. And even then, it's always going to be a challenge because. Those people, that musical form defines itself by pushing the boundaries. That's what it is. It's here's here's the number. Let's play it through. 
And then the second time, let's, let's, let's ornament. Then the third time, let's improvise. And then the fourth time, let's fuck the shit out of it. Let's see how hard we can fuck it until it breaks. Well, my favorite rock bands have jazz DNA, and that would be Tool. Yeah. Their drummer all basically the volunteered because he felt bad. DNA. Yeah, he's a, cool. he's a, yeah, Danny cool. Carey. Danny Carey, he hits up the jazz clubs uh, in my hometown, at least before the lockdown times. Really? And in the before times, before Tool, like I said, he only played with them because he felt bad for them. He was all yep. just playing jazz. And yep. he so felt bad because they couldn't get a drummer. Right. They weren't good and, enough to really need him. He, he was too good for them, but they sort of caught up. Exactly. Boy did, they, boy, did they ever catch up. And so, so much of Tool is uh, borrowed from that jazz DNA. And then yeah. blues. I think everyone owes their left nut to Robert Johnson. And then sure. we, we know that all those great Led Zeppelin tracks... Like, or just, you know, f- old folk songs. And, like, one of my favorite folk songs, Stack O. Lee. He's also called Stagger Lee or Stag O. Lee. Just go on Spotify. There's hundreds of songs. And this is an old folk song yeah. that goes back to... Uh, you know what I just learned? The, the uh, I want you to want me. I need you to need... That's, like, one of those old folk songs from back in the day. And so mm-hmm. I think... Uh, anyway, long story short... Yeah, I think America should be proud of of its black culture and its black folks. And I think that is something that we need to embrace. But at the same time, I don't think we should get rid of 4chan, even though it seems to be this. this I, I don't know what 4chan is, but I do agree that America's, uh, you know, produced a lot of great things for this world and it will continue to do so. And that's not going to change anytime soon, um, you know, from blues to jazz to... Uh, Marvel Comics to Adrenochrome. America's produced many things. <laughs> I can't help it. My country boner. It won't go down. It won't go down. It won't just go down. Give me the maple a syrup. Boner. Dang it. A boner won't go down. Do you know what no, that's No, you said, you said, yeah, that's supposed My to boner. Said, My yeah. boner. My boner won't go down. Won't and go now down. you can't have any maple syrup. You have to have the corn syrup, fake crap that most no. people like. Most people like fake crap. So no, you know what the I like Canadians, to do. you understand the Canadians will always have their own maple syrup because they understand that they produce the best maple syrup and also animation in the world. What this is what I'm holding, Luke. It's an album. We'll talk about Canadian maple syrup in a second. What I'm holding here, Luke, is one of 3,500 copies made. It's the Pussifer vinyl of their live at the Eight Ball uh, Saloon from. Uh, excuse me. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so if you remember that first drop that Pussifer did of Country Boner, uh, yeah. with them in, in wigs, uh, this is, this is the recording and it, that's I the one okay. I actually found it. I can't believe it actually exists. I didn't know that it was actually a recording that was made, um, much less put on vinyl in 3,500 copies. It's still in the, the plastic that I've got. Luke, it's too powerful. Here's a, here's another one. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, I had a crazy idea. I only have a few vinyls left from my vinyl collection that was mostly robbed, but yeah, and of course, powerful. Then I have Donkey Punch the Night by Pussifer. There we go. Can't. 
Oh, and of course, swollen members signed by the members. That's a Vancouver shout out. Ooh. Hey, I'm going to pause my recording and go pee. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, I'm so gonna go pee. Wicked. This is the first hour. I'll, I'll now that we've I'll now we've definitely well. destroyed the whole we've definitely destroyed the whole rabbit. But let's continue because I'll find a way to make it work. Dude, those albums were so dope. Thank oh, you. you, guys. You're talking about the Chinese, I'm literally might have to edit some of that. I really want to keep my show. Like, I'm sorry, dude. I'm you're talking to like... someone who lives in Hongkouver. Oh. Yeah, that is okay. that is a, okay. that is a racist nickname for uh, for Vancouver that people have been using my whole life. But I think that stuff is gross, personally. Yeah, I mean, this is this is all mine, but that that stuff is gross um, because you know the the problem with racism is when you start acting and thinking uh, about the group as a whole. Like it, it has nothing to do with saying, "Oh, this country is doing fucked up shit, and we should stop it." That's not racist, right? <laughs> you know. Well. Alex Jones is, is intelligent enough to be like, to refer to that as Chai Com. And then Alex, Joe Rogan is like, what, why do you keep saying that? He's like, the Chinese Communist Party. I have nothing it's, to say. It's Chai Com. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, that's how I want to, that's why I want to keep it on my show because I sure don't know that understand. the Chinese are, will spit in your soup because they've been yeah. treated unfairly in this country their whole exactly. lives. And at the end of the day, a Chinese person and a fucking white person are pink on the inside, like you said. And, and Joe Rogan. I want to make sure you understand. Joe Rogan. You gotta understand. <laughs> so I'm gonna go pee and then we'll do the second it's, hour. I love you, Mario. Chi- it's, right it's the Chicom. It's the Chicom and they're coming after us. Mario, but I understand. We'll be right back. Okay, okay. we're back. We're back on magic okay. without fear. I'm gonna, exp- I'm gonna simulcast. Oh, we're back we're- Sorry. I am. I am. You can record at your will, Mr. Madrid. Snazzy glasses. And Ave Babylon Sophia to you as well, sir. Hail Sophia. Hail Sophia. So the first time we met was when I was going through what Philip K. Dick would call an enthusiasmos. I had to look up what that meant. But it basically means you've made... It's like when a Christian finds Jesus Christ and they know that that deep down inside that they've been saved and it feels like they're walking on air. Like they're on, they're on cloud nine for like the next three months until something really bad happens. And then they're like, Oh, now I have to use my faith to get over it. But like that happened to me. I had an experience with Sophia and it wasn't long after that you reached out to me and I had a chance to, well, I was still crazy and in loss of my ego uh, to kind of spout it all out and get it on recording. And it was very embarrassing. It caused a lot of heat to come after me and It was an intense experience, but I, I would love to talk a little bit more about it now because at the time I was just experimenting with philemic ideas and philemic magic. And we mentioned right before we started recording that you were you like to joke about Thelemites and, and you kind of see them more like the, you know Darth Vader and maybe even the Sith, and then you see the Golden Dawn a bit more like the Jedi. 
I want to talk about that as a baby felomite. <clears throat> and 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 as you know, and I wanted to rep my my Philema bros and my Philema sisters out there. Cause sometimes they even listen to the show and I think they're I'm grateful for them. So let's get into that. Why why you gotta why you gotta say Philema is is kind of dark? Like like wh- where do we begin here? Why well, I, why I, Sophia, not Babylon? Are they the same person? Are they different? Where do we begin? I'm definitely not the person to explain the Thelemic religious idea of Babylon, since I know very little about the religion of Thelema. Um, and I certainly love your characterization uh, that you just shared with us. I think it's hilarious and awesome. Um, it's, uh, I certainly don't see Thelema like <laughs> the Sith or Darth Vader and the G. <laughs> like, I mean... That's that. That I mean, it's it's interesting because they can come off in certain ways like that. I mean, uh, from my understanding, there's no oaths in Thelema that prevent you from doing, say, healing magic for someone without their permission. In my understanding, the gray areas of magic where you're doing good magic for someone else, or even maybe bad. I don't know. Again, someone can can someone in Thelema can correct or adjust what I'm what I know. But well, Crowley would say you have no right to do, except you have no right to do anything but your true will. Right. So if it's your true will to curse someone, he might say, go ahead and curse them. But so in the, I believe in Thelemic and AA systems of practice, there's less stringent requirements about the magic you do or rituals that you would do to affect another person. Whereas in Golden Dawn, you absolutely, at the very first stage, the first thing you do is take a vow preventing you from ever doing magic on other people against their will without their permission, including healing for the most part. And so that does set up a very distinct definition of a difference between the two. The other thing that's more important, I think, to understand is that while Thelema is a religion, Crowley is its saint, as Lon Milo keeps telling us over and over so that we get it into our heads. And then there's the the second order of their Argentium Astrum for magical training and stuff. He, well, is, that's he is the prophet. Religious. He, is the, he is the master Therion. He is the great beast. Um, well, okay, right. Maybe I'm taking Whereas the Golden Dawn is, is a non-religious organization that, anyone, that you can have any religion you want when you join. And part of the neophyte vow is that you never... Um, look down on, on or desecrate what is sacred in another's eyes. And that's something I, I very much hold to. So, you know, uh, there are different things. Golden Dawn's a school of magic that you enter and then graduate from and then you're done. And Thelema is a lifelong fraternal organization uh, of which the OTO is a major part. Although you can be a Thelemite without being in the OTO, but all OTO people are Thelemic. I think if Thelemite would say that Thelema is a religion, the OTO is, what, a teaching organization? And then the AA is a testing organization. I think that's what they would say. No, I'd the say AA, AA, AA um, is, a magical, is a magical school and tradition um, that, that trains you as well as leads into the Ecclesian Gnostic Catholica. And that's where you really got to understand the AA and the OTO in, in comparison with the Golden Dawn and all the other orders out there. Because pretty much all of them within the Western Mysteries all take you to a final point, and that final point is almost always, without exception, Rosicrucianism. Well, 
based My on thing... Kabbalistic Gnostic philosophy. Okay. That's what it, they all are, almost without exception. That includes Freemasonry, includes Martinism, includes almost all those organizations. They now, all are meant to mean... take you to the Mount of Abbey Agnes, and where Christian Rosenkreuz is buried and you ceremonially reborn, like Osiris or Jesus, doesn't matter which you, which you prefer, you're reborn into that place of true knowledge of your higher self. And what that means is that's the starting point, of course. Yeah, that's the outer order, right? You, you gain knowledge and conversation with your holy guardian angel. Well, that's not, a, that's, not a, that's not a thing to do with the orders, so like outer or inner order. That's, that's a little bit different. Well, I mean, assuming that what you just described is reaching five equals six, or the top of the mountain, so to speak. What Steiner would call the solar it. initiation. It's what Rudolf Steiner would call the solar initiation. I mean, that's where that. So, in you see it in the Assyrian tree of life, which is is we now know is actually the roots of the Kabbalistic tree of life. Which again, remember, we don't have Kabbalistic documents until the 10th century. So, Kabbalah in its written form is only a thousand years old, but we now have evidence of it appearing as early as the first century. Um, and that being a version that may uh, most likely have come out of a version of the Assyrian tree of life, um, which why did Assyria choose the tree of life or a tree as its symbol for the universe and its national emblem? Well, that's very interesting. And what's really interesting is they situate the throne the, of, of, of the divine in the middle of it. And that's what you see in Golden Dawn theology, is you see this idea of entering Tiferet, entering beauty, the sphere of beauty, the messianic sphere, being reborn as Osiris, and taking your place on that throne so that you can better be the intermediary for your own higher self. And in the process, divinize through theosis and elevate yourself through the constant cyclical alchemical process of turning lead into gold, the base elements of your nature into divine elements of your nature, leaving the false self to the true self. Now, I didn't mean to throw you under the bus by saying you were speaking ill of Thelema, but my joke well, has some intellectual import. Okay, well, that's fine. But it, like I said, the joke has Thelema loves it. me talking shit about them. And they sure talked shit about us. I was just talking with one of the top Thelemites in the OTO, and they were like telling me how much they love pissing off GD people. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> we all love it. We all got a joke about these things. We need humor, man. Like shit. <laughs> so you know how Mathers and Crowley got into this whole like Scottish aesthetic and they gave themselves like Scottish names and they wore the kilts and they got into all that stuff? Well, Matt, Crowley probably got into it because Mathers was into it. And it was actually very common and popular in Victorian England. That was just a cultural trend that was going on. So, like, the term banshee? When That's you Irish. See the, yeah. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. It means, but it's, uh, it's Gaelic. It's the whole Celtic yeah. Gaelic part of the universe. Uh, um, yeah, it, well, it's Scottish as well because Scottish is a derivation of Irish. But ban means woman. Ban means woman. And she means fairy. So it's a female fairy, but the banshee became this a specific thing. And there was a banshee up on the hills above okay. where I lived in Belfast that's quite famous. People hear it wailing all the time. So, okay, how do you spell the she? How do you spell that? S I D H E. But the I which has is a kind fada. of, which is kind of like 
the word for uh, like powers mm-hmm. in Hindu mythology, right? City. Yeah. Right? Well, if you were if you're into that, how the Irish civilization conspiracy theory, dude, then you're going to loosely equivalent equivocate words like that together. But the word. The Irish word she comes from Old Irish and often is also spelled just S-I with a fada because the D-H is, is I also was, was saw a D with a dot. Yeah, S-I. But, and it comes from an old word for, the, for a hill. And that, the yes. reason is because when the Tuatha Dé Danann were chased out of Ireland by the Milesian invasion, the deal was they went under the hills, under the she and thus became the gods under the hill. Now, going under the she, under the hills, is also synonymous with going to Chirnanog, right? So, like, whether you go to Chirnanog or under the she, it's sort of the same thing. Maybe the entrance under the hill is, takes you to Chirnanog. Who knows? Either way, in or Irish Amenti, culture, or the, way you, the way you access it, the, here's the fun part, the way you access that realm in Ireland is by going to Donegal and picking the, the magic puka hats, the, the, the hat of the shape-shifting fairy and eating those mushrooms and entering into the she. And from what little I know, the doorways to these she are facing the west or the setting sun. And this has a correlation with Osiris and the ancient notion of the sun going into the underworld when it dies and the initiation of the sun at midnight or the sun in the darkness as a a primordial initiation, basically. And what I was getting at with the spelling is I've seen it spelled S-I-T-H. So basically, I was making a joke that, much like in Star Wars, how the most powerful sorcerers with the cities and the the abilities and the... Well, they, they liken themselves also to an ancient mythological race of elder beings called the Sith. And I was wondering if George Lucas maybe tapped into something there because it's true. The 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 Felomite founders thought they were Sith. I thought that was really cool. So anyway, that was my well, joke, also, my lame joke. Patrick, Patrick Rothfuss uses that before even uh, Lucas in his Name of the Wind book, which was published after Lucas used the word Sith, but had the scythe, which are form of fairies in the name of the wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Anyway, uh, it's very tempting to loosely equivocate words uh, that look similar, but like the Indian word city definitely doesn't relate to the Irish word she, because the only reason you, reason you have like the, the D then with the H added on is a recent innovation to take away the shavu, which was a dot over the consonant in Irish, which would soften the consonant. So the consonant was, would have most of the time been pronounced like an H, she, S-I, E, you know, um, it was only in the 20th century they started adding H's after that, to, to, and that's where the word has a very visual similarity to the word city. Now, if there's any Irish linguistic scholars that want to fill that out, because I don't know Old Irish or Middle High Irish at all, but um, it's a, definitely a hobby of mine to look into that stuff. Well, Mr. Smart Guy, in Star Wars, it's actually impossible to mispronunciate a name. That's why it's perfectly acceptable to say Han Solo or Han Solo or however you can, you know, Solo. You could say it however you want. So, there. Han shot first. That's. He did. All right. Yeah, no, it's, I, like, I, like, I think it's great to uh, elucidate the differences between um, OTO, AA, Thelema, and, and other hermetic schools. Um, 
just so people understand what they're what they're getting into and yeah, you know, find the right home for themselves. So, like these days, Golden Dawn orders are allowing more uh, thelemites into their orders now, which wasn't very common back in my day, uh, because they did they thought that that the OTO was an opposing order of magic teaching, teaching magic in a different way. A lot of Golden Dawn people didn't realize that the OTO didn't really have a formal structure for teaching magic, which is why I ended up teaching at an oasis because they're like, we could, we'd love to learn what you teach because we don't have that. And, uh, I mean, they do in the AA, but it's, again, it's done differently. And so the more we can learn from each other as far as magical practice goes, I mean, hermeticists really need to build bridges and learn from each other rather than nitpick about a bunch of tedious shit and religious stuff that doesn't matter. So the thing is, if a Thelemite or an OTO person coming, learning in the Golden Dawn, they can't talk about Crowley all the time. That would be the same as, as you know, having a Mormon member talking about the Mormon Jesus or, or uh, anyone talking about their religion, say, oh, that's like in my religion. It's like, keep your religion out of this. You're studying Western Hermeticism, which while it blends a lot of ideas and mythopoetics from world religions, it's not a religion. You're here to learn how to do ritual work good and well, sometimes both. Cheers. So as someone who would identify as a Thelemite, do you subscribe to this idea that we're in a new aeon or that there was a changing of the guard around that time period? Or what, what does your quote unquote non-religious hermetic uh, teaching say about this? Okay. So because you asked, the, I, I, the idea of aeons like, is not a strange idea because I was raised in the idea that we're either entering into the age of Aquarius or if you're into sidereal Jyotish astrology, entering into the age of Capricorn, whatever. It's definitely a Saturnine age. That's one thing we can all agree on. Um, but <laughs> but here's, a, here's, a, here's a big but. The idea that we are entering into the age of Horus, from what my reading of Aleister Crowley's autohagiography, I reread it parts of it, a lot of it recently when I found a, I was in the fire evacuations, as you recall, twice I got to experience mass fire evacuations from where I lived in California. And I got a copy of the hagiography and, and looked at it as an adult. Cause last time I read it, I was 13. And, and, you know, I was mostly amazed that this dude was talking about like sex and fucking people over so much and doing crazy stuff. And I was just like, Whoa, human beings are crazy. Um, that's what a 13 year old reaction, but as an adult looking at what Crowley wrote in his mid forties for his autobiography, I was very struck by a lot of things like mainly his introspection and self-awareness was very shocking and admirable to see. But he mentions about why he thought it was going into the age of Horus, but then I was looking at uh, others, comparing it to other things like points made by Dion Fortune and a bunch of other contemporaries and Egyptologists who showed that the Aeon of Horus actually already happened. So Crowley, now if, if you go by Dion Fortune's methodology and when you get a scrying or a contact with a spirit guide, you compare it to something in the world, you test it out. That's testing. We wanted to talk about testing too. If you go test it out and you find out it's wrong according to our history, then that would discredit the thing. So technically, Iowas 
And again, I, I bow to Thelemic scholars who might know the details of this more, but if Iowas, the spirit, was saying we're entering the age of Horus, and then you go look at Egyptian history and you see they already had the age of Horus, wouldn't that mean, by Dion Fortune's logic, that Crowley's connection with Iowas was not authentic? It was not a real spirit connection, but something within his own micro- microcosm? I don't know. It's a question. Because if they're... If, Egypt does say what age we're entering, and it's not the age of Horus. So that's that's curious to me. But if people want to believe in going into a new aeon or think in those dispensationalist sort of terms that we go from age to age and these ages are governed by certain forces, they're welcome to think that way. I don't find that way of thinking incredibly useful in my own life, in my own practice, personally. And that's why one of the many reasons why uh, Thelema has never appealed to me. Um, as a religion, I'm I'm much more happy being a bland Episcopalian. <laughs> Go to church on Sundays, do ritual work the rest of the week. Amen. So I don't now, I think it, it... Here's what I'll say about Aleister Crowley and Philema and how it relates back to hermeticism and all that he felt that what he was doing was upgrading something into the modern era and streamlining it and making it more potent something that was more in alignment with how the world actually is and it's funny that you said that well because of egyptology we've learned that the aeon of horus has already come so on and so forth well interestingly while they were on their honeymoon, um, Alistair Crowley and Rose Edith Kelly, they went out uh, hunting fox bats, right, in their little boat. And they snuck down underneath where a whole bunch were perched underneath the tree, and Crowley let off a shot or two, and one landed right in Rose Edith Kelly's hair and it was flapping around and it really spoiled the mood. Right. And it was later that night, Crowley writes in his journals that he witnessed the most profound case of obsession or what we might call possession that he had ever seen. And it wasn't long after that they were in Cairo, which also means I believe Mars or it's a, it's a word that relates to Martian energy. Anyway, they're doing, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to impress his wife, Mr. Crowley or his, 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 uh, his new wife. So he does an invocation of the Sliffs and that's when she starts hearing those precarious voices. Like they're here for you. And she starts claiming to be channeling. I now, it's also ancient Gaelic tradition that if a woman has a bat that lands in her hair and gets away with even one strand of it, that her soul will be damned eventually, like no matter what. Yeah, things and didn't turn out for her so well either, if I recall correctly. Correct. Also, she didn't get credit for probably being the one who actually channeled the Book of the Law. Just like it was William, likely William Butler Yeats's wife did all the almost all the automatic writing for his a vision theory. It was a, again a woman in Gaelic tradition uh, transmitting uh, 
this wisdom from a spirit plane. Um, yeah. And so I personally think that Iowas and Crowley's connection to the spirit probably was a real connection. I don't know what that spirit was, if it was actually his higher self or whatever. Because um, he learned all the golden dawn magics. This whole thing, like he didn't. He, he didn't. That's the problem. He didn't. he didn't learn the golden dawn magic. He 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 failed to pass his his exam to finish the golden dawn, and people were really upset with his behavior. There was some problems with his rumored bisexuality, which was a real danger. Uh, to have that come out because it was a crime. Oscar Wilde was in jail at the time. Uh, his wife had joined the Golden Dawn. Uh, Mathers was highly closeted, in my opinion. I think he was went to Paris so he could run around and have fun with men, and his wife could do her thing, and they would be free of uh, British jail threats. That's my my opinion on on those guys with that stuff. But Crowley went to Paris because Mathers needed a gambit against. Horniman, who had cut him off financially after giving him millions by today's standards, and she wanted to still support Moina because she was probably had a crush on her, and uh, Moina was of course sharing that money with her husband. Go figure. And uh, so Horniman cut Mathers off. Mathers expelled Horniman, and the order was like, you can't expel someone for not giving you a bunch of money. That's the kind of shit that Zinc and Griffin and all these fuckers do today. Is they just want money or sex or both, and. Uh, so Crowley used, or Mathers used Crowley as a gambit to try and cause a stir, take over documents, take property. Eventually Crowley got access to most of the Golden Dawn teachings and incorporated them. But you can see gaps in his practice where you can see he clearly wasn't trained in the rituals of the Golden Dawn, which 99% weren't taught until the inner order. And if Crowley was initiated in, into 5-6, it was done in Paris, probably with only two of the mandatory three adepts you need to do it. Probably not with the complete vault, which also makes it invalid. Um, and he certainly had no training by anyone who knew the rituals beyond the LBRP. There was no middle pillar and all things like the analysis of the keyword or the BRH or any of the advanced ritual work. None of that would have been taught to Crowley during his time in the golden dawn or in the probationary grade of portal, even especially because Mathers just sort of sceptered him into it, as we would say, um, rather than him actually being admitted by the body of Adepti. So Crowley's magical education was cut short, and if he was pissed off by that and then said, well, fuck you all, I'm just going to go just go hog wild and, and be the most famous occultist that's ever lived, well, he certainly succeeded in that true will, didn't he? Well, I think if I'm going to answer completely honestly as someone who only has you know his, his own limited understanding... It sounds a lot like, to me, Crowley's egregory is related to this idea of let's just DIY our way to God. And he seemed to do just that. Like, he really set out to get the exact perfect mansion to do this Abram Allen ritual. He's going to do it the exact right way. He got all the preparations. He's like, I was born with money. I'm going to make this happen, right? And so he gets the property. And what does he do? He just kind of fuckers around with it. He, he, he flakes started. off. He doesn't even stay there. He then he, he flakes then does on it. it. He does it and then, as he's going to bed, according to his own autohagiography. Yeah. He travels the world with his money. Doing whatever he does, and then just Do does it, it all mentally in bed as he's lying in bed. And he says that's how he did the ab- Abramelin. Lying in bed each night, he would go through the prayers in his head and, and do them. And that's not how the Abramelin works. So, 
Okay, yes, he, he that is not how the Abramelon works. He was planning but, on isolating himself in the house and doing it right, and he didn't do it right, and so he didn't do the ritual. Like I can't tell you that I did the Abramelon because for six months I meant to do it in my head or or went through it as a mind game. That's not how it works. Well, you know, if, if you've read the same book I did, which I you did, I think you got to give him a little bit more credit. It was only after many decades of practicing uh, mind control, and like he was an amazing mountain climber. So his will and his concentration was nothing to joke at, and he would do it. Uh, you know. Well, not just laying, he would do it laying in bed, but he would do it. He would do it on the train. He'd do it on the camel. He'd, he'd do it on the John. Who fucking knows, right? Uh, point being, though, is he got results. And I think that's a little bit of my point, is that he got the result from doing all this stuff even the wrong way to some extent. And then he kind of spent, you know, the rest of his life, really working trying to work things out and 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 make a uh, basically a religion that reflected the truths of the world rather than like some stupid idealized like pipe dream i guess i, I think i think that's what he did and i would only say that because um i as someone who's who's spent some time thinking about the world i think the sentiment in the book of the law might be the most accurate in terms of like esoteric truth. I guess that's what makes me a thelemite. Like uh, well, the book of the law is it's, very it's pretty, interesting. It's pretty close to Buddhism. It's pretty close to Buddhism, except the one big difference is, is that the suffering passes away and there's something else there that it's not all illusion. It's not all suffering. There is something that is vital and joyous and true that is left over. And, if you identify with the other stuff, you're basically dead. And if you identify with the thing that remains, then that's like the seed of life. That's like Hadith in the Book of the Law. And, you know, his, his bride is the queen of space. Pretty groovy, man. He's like a serpent. And he's infinitely contracted because that's how his boners work. I don't know. Well, I think Crowley had a lot more achieved a lot more with his workings of the aethers that you can see in vision and and, of, and the voice um, than he did in when he was young doing that his version of the Abramelin. Um, so mm-hmm. I think he you know and that's how how these things work. We do them in these cycles. Like tonight is a very important night for anyone in the RRAC, and I'll be doing my very specific ritual work that's the most intense work I do and I'll be doing that later after this and and uh it ties me to uh a secret stream as Steiner would say but also it's my spirituality so it only gives me what I put into it Crowley did that really well whatever his results whatever he got out of it I mean if his true will was just to make sure that magic with a k didn't get forgotten then that was quite ingenious and well achieved I'd say since that's how we all find a lot of this stuff, right? Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend his methodology to people. But that's because I don't vibe with, with his religion, essentially. If you do vibe with his religion, then that's a, that's a, that's a religious thing for you. And that's good. People should do that. It, it, religion is separated from magic in many ways. It's just tied together through spirituality. Which, again, is very personal and should be. 
it's up to you to make your spirituality beautiful and vibrant and transformative. It's, you can't rely on any structure or external group to do that for you. I'm really wondering if we should jump back into conspiracy. Did we completely lose Mari Sampson? Um, yeah, from my from my knowledge, we haven't talked about any conspiracy theories here so far today. But I'm well. If you'd to... like to hear us discuss some hot takes about the state of the world, you can uh, check out our Patreon section. And uh, d- yeah, it, there's some hot takes in there, so you know where to find it. But I think we're mostly going to talk about magic here in the first hour and occultism because. Well, I found my audience is pretty much here for the magic. They're not. Aren't really we all here for the politics? Aren't we all? Yeah, no, no. People talk about that enough, man. But yeah, a conversation is a conversation. So if two people are going to talk about something, they should just talk about it, share their thoughts. I mean, that's all any of us are doing. And hopefully, as we go through this life, we are open to others and to the other, and listen and revise our thoughts. As we go, I mean, that is, that's the essential dialogical problem that we need to keep alive more than anything, in my opinion. We got to stay open to what we disagree with and what we don't know. So let's, let's just jump right to the big topic. What about God, okay, and how we conceive of God? And why did you say Ave Sophia? And why did I say Ave Sophia? Fia back. Well, um, right before we met, I had an experience where, guess what? I was going to bed, just like Aleister Crowley, and I figured that would be a perfect time to do my magic work. Not that I hadn't done rituals earlier, but you get the point. I called out to Sophia, and wouldn't you know it, she showed up. And Always does. If, well, she really showed up. Like, she sh- Showed me all of her love all at once, and it it wasn't like I just had this pleasant experience. It wasn't even that I had an ex, like a, an intense experience. I had an experience that was so real. I officially did not and do not to this day, even after completely sobering up. I don't have any doubts anymore. I know that's God. I've met God. Her name is Sophia, dude. And what I find interesting about this is. I feel justified saying this because if you go deep enough, like, for instance, John D. and Edward Kelly got so far up God's butthole, and what did they find? They found the daughter of fortitude. They started with Medimi, and they got they worked their way to the daughter of fortitude. It's like she was there the whole time. And Let's see. I was going to say that in a lot of religions that I study... Go for it. um, There's a feminine aspect that's censored. I feel like it's censored or like there's like some language put on top of it. So that it doesn't seem feminine, but it is. Like the Holy Trinity, right? The Holy Spirit is Sophia. Like, it's the feminine aspect of the Trinity. 
And you see that when you look at like Greek writings from early Christianity, like the Philokalia, which is uh, all about wisdom and, and Sophia and the wisdom literature. And a lot of that was overwritten uh, in a masculine context, along with like the early female apostles in the it. New Testament. In the New Testament, there's, it says, and the other apostles were there with Paul, and it says Julia, and they changed that name to Junius because they wanted to be able to say that women couldn't be priests. So yeah, Those right. Little small Those dick little... pricks, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like I learned that from our Greek teacher and, and our, in seminary, and our Greek scholar was like, "Yeah, this is what they did." It's yeah, like, exactly. It. It's like, oh, okay, but and that was not a new thing. The trend of like erasing the goddess has been going on since they they ousted Asherah as the wife of Yahweh, right? You know, when they consulted right. power in Judah in Judea uh, to the temple and eradicated all the hill shrines. They did it with Jesus too. Uh, they do it all the time. I mean, we've been incredibly afraid of the feminine presence of God. Jesus had a wife, but she was shameful, so they erased her. She, he, he might have had a wife. He See, might. He might have. That's also the real conspiracy. That's the real fucking patriarchy. And that's this is my big point: is that if Aleister Crowley got better results with his you know, wife. That's not what I meant to say. My point, yeah, with his wife. No, you're you got that dead on, Mari. My my point is is that if Alistair Crowley returned Babylon, Sophia, Nuit to the centrality of the formula, to the centrality of our idea of God, then he advanced us. Right. And he advanced us by going backwards to a truth that is was old. lost. Lost. Was lost. Yes, thank you. But Crowley didn't do that and at all. Like that was if 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 Crowley he popularized it. Oh well, yeah, sure. He popularized everything that was secret up until up until him. Were you uh, mad, dude? He got he got he got, yeah, he, got he, was, he he had to go to court for publishing uh, private documents. So like, but everybody should know this. Right. Um, well, it's it's something you learn in the mystery schools, right? In mysticism. Right, but everybody experience. should know this. Well, and now they do. Now everyone does. Yay. But he um, helped produce Jack Parsons, and Jack Parsons helped produce, like, the entire worldview that we live in now. And You know, he, this, is, this is something that's affected all of us, for better absolutely. or for worse. Absolutely, yeah. Jack Parsons went and did the most goddess thing possible. He produced giant penises that can rocket off the earth. Uh, I'm just sitting here marveling at the idea of it because I am so into that. Have you ever watched a launch in slow motion? It's the most yes. beautiful thing you could ever imagine. All the so, things disconnecting at exactly so the right moment and the levers all moving and then like the flames smoke. suck back in because of the vacuuming smoke. effect as the rocket rises up and yeah, smoke. smoke. Oh, so much smoke. I think the only uh, launch I ever saw live was Space Shuttle Challenger, so I have a different memory as a child. No! It's a oh, yeah. sexual secret. It's a sexual truth. The dick only gets hard and rises because it is enchanted and impelled by the mysterious feminine force. Oh, In this Jesus, case, why? We, the starry sky beckoning us and calling us back to the source, right? Back to from whence we came, the stars, it's, it, to be born again. You know, it's, 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 it's also bro, beautiful, man. I, bro. I love it to death. Getting me all thinking about rockets. My elementary and middle school was named Challenger in honor. 
My first job, I was at uh, I was a space endeavor camp counselor in the computer oh, lab. Kofi. That sounds like fun. So, um, and when I was doing my research for one of the episodes we did about yokai, it was pretty much impossible to talk about yokai, which are Pokemon, without looking oh. at Shinto. And this is one of the things that Mari just said, how the feminine aspect is just kind of swept under the rug. Um, Because when I started looking into Shinto, they kept mentioning, like, offhand that there was this purification ritual called Chinkon. And whenever they talk about it, they'd be like, this is something the emperor had done to him before this or before that, and the emperor this and the emperor that. But if you really look, you can see that Chinkon is is carried out by a, f- a woman shaman, sometimes a virgin, usually a younger woman with great beauty. And she, what she does is she starts dancing very slowly, and then she dances faster and faster and faster until she becomes uh, one with the goddess. And it's through this connection with the goddess that she commands the spirits. But here's the thing. Unlike in Western exorcism where you're just like shouting Yahweh basically and Jesus Christ at a spirit to go away, you're actually sort of seducing the spirit that's missing from somebody back into their body, or you're appeasing a spirit that feels like left out or unheard, and you're kind of healing in the true sense of the word by holifying and reintegrating everything back together. And this is accomplished through the uh, oracular ecstatic state of a young woman, which seems to harken back to a more ancient formula where back in the day, you know, the whore was sacred. All the, or- or- all the oracles were women. Aleister Crowley, not giving credit to his wife... It did such a great disservice to Thelema because he was using part of that old oracular structure. And it's something that we need to return to, basically. We need to... Uh, I guess this is what makes me a feminist. We need to reestablish the feminine in its centrality in terms of religion and spirituality. And this is the thing. I, I believe there is wisdom in the, the two equals zero formula. And the idea for me, and the thing that's going to heal this world is if people could just wrap their head around it, it's the idea that the one is a means and not an end. Two equals zero. Put those two things in your pipe and smoke it. I promise. I promise it will heal the world. Okay, I think that's what I wanted to say. It it can't be one bad, the other good. It has to to be integrated. The bad and good thinking is so old school; it's not even funny. Um, you've got to you've got to recognize in the spiritual journey that we know the presence of God, Keter, through Malkut, and that presence is the divine the divine feminine in nature. That's what that is in the Shekinah in Kabbalah, right? And by ascending the tree, we we fold it over like bending space, so that Keter becomes Malkut. And those two points become a single point, and through that we achieve annihilation of the self. Two equals you zero. Ca- you cannot segregate the po- the polar opposites. It's it's not meant to happen. And they're not. Like, they're not. They're, that's only, they're supposed that's only us to be different. Perception. 
they're supposed to be different and they're supposed to come together and reconcile. Like, that is the meaning. I think that's the meaning of a spiritual, Amen. or not spiritual, but physical reality. That's the spiritual meaning of physical reality. Is they're the, complementary. Right. And they you don't know. Each other. And you don't know one without the other. So until you meet something that's completely opposite of you, it's like a mirror image. It's like looking in the mirror, guys. It's very simple to understand. Well, just like you can't, you can't cross the abyss without reconciling yourself with your evil persona in, in hermetic cosmology. And usually, is that how it works? Is that why I'm having such a hard time? Is because I am fucking. Evil. You are usually uh, physically, physically attracted to something that is your physical antithesis, which is what he was saying. Like, you're. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that. Well, well, I'm. I'm just saying that you you can meet somebody that's your opposite, but you're going to be engaged by that. Sure. But Maybe not attracted. A, I don't see that as a rule. Like, I don't see, see this stuff playing is- out between people so much. I see this stuff as being a valuable structure for understanding our spiritual journey. I don't see it necessarily as that uh, practically helpful when we look at our discord with other people that we agree or disagree with, except in, in so far as it comes to openness to the other, right? Because right, but you we want to be balanced that- within ourselves. But you don't think that that's important to meet somebody that's different than you? Not at all. Why would that matter? Well, to, I mean, we meet people who are different you, from us every day. To give you the opposite perspective. Well, well that you encounter that every day. Every time you get together with people, you're going to encounter that all look, the time. Look, look, right? look. I think, I think we've arrived at this impasse because, look, complementary doesn't necessarily mean opposite. Complementary means the two things complete each other. And even though two opposites in their own way do kind of complete a concept, I can see where, yeah. It, it, there's, I mean, there, that's what I'm saying. I think if you encounter someone who is who's opposite in the way that you mean or complementary in the way that Luke means, I think what you have is the making for a codependent relationship. Two people need to be very balanced in themselves to have a healthy relationship, whether it's intimate or not, or just passing. I have a question. How come caffeine is the only socially acceptable drug to just, like, completely pound in the morning for every single man, woman, and, like person above the age of 13 and how come? probably more popular because and expands the whole age gap the whole age range well you're not wrong about that yeah unplug from that sugar machine folks wow listen to a listen to a guy sucking on a on a schwanz of nicotine the schwanz the schwanz of nicotine? This is my schwanz, and it gives me what I need, so I will be the master race, and you will not be. Well, if either you are born the master race, or you are not. Have you checked the book? I cannot read, so I cannot check the book. I don't know. I don't know how to do the German <laughs> accent. We shouldn't be glorifying. Kein Problem. Wir sprechen über nichts, das nicht richtig ist. We shouldn't be glorifying socialism. Come on. Are you implying that Nazism and socialism have something in common? <laughs> yes. Heresy. No. How, yes. Could, no, how could you possibly no. agree with history? History is not to be agreed with. It is to be written again. 
listen, buddy. I have the I do, hiccups. There is some difference between national socialism and just wanting everyone to like all watch the exact same videos on the exact same social network in terms of socialism. Like they're different. You know what I mean? There's some difference in big fucking differences. Like for instance, um, national socialism can believe in like really bonkers ideas, like like subterranean devil like origins of the of stuff. And I'm not explaining myself very well. Uh, there's a difference, but I'm not qualified to speak on it necessarily. But I do know there is one. So you're a white guy with a anyway. microphone, bro. You're qualified to say whatever you want. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I have a talking dog for a co-host. <laughs> hey, if you want to hear me get into even more hot water, please oh, check yeah, out let's, the let's second do. half of the show, um, which we recorded before this part of the show. So you're actually hearing it's like Star Wars. You have to watch it all in fucked up order. It's great. Tell, tell my listeners where they can find you in your fucked up order. You can always find the whole rabbit at www.patreon.com slash the whole rabbit where five bucks gets you access to, well, all our extended episodes, much like uh, this one, and where we go a bit deeper on things. I'll also send you a five by five vinyl sticker of our cover art. And if you pay a little bit more, you get some tarot readings. And if you pay even more, you can get your birth chart read by Maudie Sampson. Beautiful. As if, she can, if she's allowed to stay on Discord much longer, because apparently <laughs> she has been, she's been deplatformed <laughs> due to having uh, affiliations with people that we're not even going to talk about on the show. Because Then fucked up by planning to travel somewhere. <laughs> So and uh, honestly, in the second Happy half solstice. of the show, we, we, yeah, we just kind of like go crazy talking about politics, and um, we don't usually do that on the whole rabbit. So if you'd like to kindly not ax me because I talked about politics, you know, it makes everyone so mad. Um, yeah, listen yeah. The, to the last thing you should do, mad. the last thing you should do within the polis, the center of the city where everyone gathers, the last thing you should do is talk about your thoughts. That's the worst possible thing you could do. Do not talk about your thoughts. Speaking of which, no. Magic, Magic Without Fears, the Hermetic Podcast with Frat RC, is brought to you by our sponsors, Two for One Adrenochrome. Use the code Epstein for the best savings in Adrenochrome today. Look, you know, I really want to know, is, is Ghislaine Maxwell doing okay? Is she comfortable right now? I just want to make sure she's okay. It, like, you we know want she- to get her... Free and back on the streets as quickly as possible with as little inconvenience to her, with as little a, news coverage as humanly possible. Of, I think that's really what we need right now. There's a lot of kids not in school. They need a hobby. She could provide them that hobby, that job, that meaningful source of employment. Because I, I know the stimulus check is going to like allow most of you to buy houses. That $600 is going to go a long way. But if we could just get Jizz Lane the freedom she deserves, then we could we could get our you know employment for our, our underage kids back and rolling. <laughs> Free Jizz Lane. Free Jizz Lane. You know, you know, she's a she's a good woman, and I wish her well. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear Lord.
I'm just happy that we have finally come to the sobering conclusion that all conspiracy theories are completely bullshit. And not only are they bullshit, they're actually racist, too. Isn't that funny how that works? How, like, um, you know, like, you know, some people actually haven't seen the Bohemian Grove footage. People don't even know that our elected officials and, like, giant... Uh, wow! Like really? Leaders of leaders of industry all get together in the forest like every summer and hang out like without like any representation of the people they will represent. And I think that's the thing is I think that they've spent so much. Here's I think they just don't want everyone to know how much gay prostitution goes on there. I think they created the whole Satan Moloch thing because they just didn't want them to know how much they like prostitutes. I'm not even kidding. I'm like half kidding, but no, really like you never, you, the, the conspiracy is that this, all these rich people just hang out and like do blow with like gay hookers. Is that, that's the conspiracy, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I think somebody cut me off. I, 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 I if, if, I, I think there's, you know, why wouldn't they if they want to? I mean, they can do whatever they want. We've, we've known about the island, Epstein's Island, for decades. And the people in power knew about it and, you know, did their best to keep it covered up and well-funded. Like, this is, this is the world we live in. We, we, we let our leaders and our powerful people do these things. And it is us that lets them do it. From what I understand, not even all of his compounds were raided. Well, yeah, they didn't take us inside the temple on his island or show us the underground network of caves or test the walls inside that temple probably for blood or, or human residue at all. Of course they didn't. If, if, like, it's like if I tell you in my hand I have a diamond and you can have it if you do something. And you're like, well, show me the diamond first. I'm like, no, it's there. Trust me. Like, you know, come on. Like, oh, nothing bad happened in his temple. There was no sacrifices. There was no, there was no signs of anything. It's like, well, then <laughs> normally when we're told that, they take us in and show us that. <laughs> but like, you can't see. you got to just trust us on this one. Pedophile Island had nothing extraordinary or ritualistic or Moloch worshiping stuff going on at all. Like, we're not going to take, no one's going to take their word for that except for, you know, the, the sheeple. All right, we've got like 10, 20 minutes left, maybe longer if, if, if I feel caffeinated. Can we, you ever... get, can we get right to the chase? Because we're, we're just going to ramble about politics and really let it loose on the second half. But I want to ask a big question now. I have a great way to end this speaking of which, speaking of Moloch. So when it's time, let me end it with this beautiful bit of poetry. I, I, I do want to talk about that because uh, this has come up on Twitter on which on which talk and which Twitter and all that is basically there's a lot of women out there and men that basically want to do magic but not get embroiled in all the conspiracy theory or have to listen to some conspiracy theorists that are just straight up crazy patriarchal evangelical Christians or Nazis, right? Straight up Nazis. And in their mind, they see conspiracy theory as just like 
uh, this this messy nest of things full of disreputable people with false facts that like all vote for Trump, et cetera, et cetera, and they're anti-Semitic and they all read the learned protocols of the elders of Zion. And that's kind of like, and I can appreciate where some of those people are coming from because you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to practice magic, right? And you shouldn't have to be. And you shouldn't have to subscribe to weird like conspiracy ideas to do magic. But at at the same time, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, do do like do the elites actually worship Moloch, or is this is this some more disinformation? Is this uh, is this a joke that they do every summer just because they have a sense of humor? Is this how people blow off steam? Is this just Alex Jones trying to get more viewers? Like, what what's what's the truth? If we were to boil down the truth of all the conspiracy theories as experienced occultists, as people that know a little bit about this and that, what do we think is actually going on? What is actually going on? What do well, you think? I'll, you give your take. We definitely on know that they're worshiping Moloch at Bohemian Grove. That's a fact. I bet there's a lot of different groups that worship a lot of different things. I mean, I'm sure Skull and Bones probably does their own thing. Everyone has their own thing. A lot of it involves compromising each other, blah, blah, blah. But what's actually going on brings us to a really interesting thing. It brings us to remote viewing and the whole psychic spies movement that happened in the States. That was all shut down, but it's widely believed that the most powerful of the psychics faked his own death, right? This is the new stuff out on psychic spies and all of this stuff, which is cool. The government really, you got to watch psychic spies if you haven't seen that documentary because it's, it's Targ and all of them. But I did, I did see it. Yeah. So what, what, what's really striking to me is how they were using these things with success and then they just shut it down, discredited it, came up with terms like conspiracy theory and discredited psychism, discredited psychedelics at the same time and just stopped talking about it. And then they're like, aliens focus on aliens are there aliens are there not you know it's like this whole sort of distraction from humans developing uh human abilities that were very useful perhaps too useful and then we don't hear about it at all until recently again what's going on with that like is the this is the, this is my favorite conspiracy theory is the government secretly aware of the power of psychism, human potential, and magic, and shut down and put the kibosh on us talking about it because they're using it, because Russia's using it, are all these countries that do know that there are people that are extraordinarily good at it and get real intel. Like, do they know that, right? Um, Have you seen the anime Akira? uh, I I saw it in the theater, baby. So... I'm old as fuck, remember? We're living in 2020, which is the year that the, what, the Japanese Olympics didn't happen, which is, we're, we're basically living through Akira right Akira. now. Tetsuo! Tetsuo! Kaneda! <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Fucking. So, like, if, if you are, so, if, th- if that's what you're saying, right, is that, if, is that, is that the big picture is that we have these intelligence agencies that have been uh, fuckering around with uh, psychic ability, maybe in terms of children. And uh, we got a little too close to finding out and they're willing to uh, let the rotten fruit drop off the tree to create a new tree, because this is all just a, a big festering wound 
that can hardly be called civilization, et cetera, et cetera. And the elites are worried that the civilization that has been inherited by them them is not going to last much longer and so they have to start thinking of their own survival and recreating a new civilization where they can is that what's going on because that's sort of what it seems like that's kind of vague i mean i i i guess that's the thing i guess most conspiracy theorists really are helped by being able to be like this is the bad guy it is when they has this shaped eyes and this shaped hairs that they are evil and that every time they worship their gods they are evil they're evil gods that's just why they have evil in their blood that is the answer like that's what people want i guess that's why conspiracy theorists people have a bad, people rad rap but people want distraction people want the entertainment and distraction uh People want magic without doing the work and developing themselves to do it effectively. That'd be me. Sorry, just to be honest. Oh, it's all right. Yeah, it's, sometimes it takes a while. I, I, one, one, one person I worked with this year uh, joined one of the reputable GD orders, and she was concerned uh, about not getting through the neophyte grade very quickly. I was, and I said, you know... Sure, I did it in a month. Crowley did it in a month. A lot of people do it in a month. And Crowley, back in his day, was it was like to do the the neophyte in a month would have been nothing. It would have taken very little work. In in my day, it took a lot of work. But um, I said to her, "Look, you can take one year per grade. That's not bad. That's probably a better thing. It's probably there's seven seven initiations in the Golden Dawn from neophyte to adeptus." And I think it's really worthwhile going through those seven initiations. If it takes you seven years, well, that's the same time it takes to train to be a Jesuit. Just fucking do it, you know, get that training down. And then, then you have your black belt. Then you have the skills to go do what you want in any other system of magic. And you don't even need a book anymore. You don't need a book. Like you will have everything you need. Books are fun, of course, but you don't need them. You have enough work for the rest of your lifetime at your fingertips, and you know how to work with any system you come across. Or more importantly, as you go into the higher stages of development of a, as, a, as an adept, the next stage after adeptus minor in the Golden Dawn, or just let's think about it in terms of um, self-mastery and, and adept, adepthood, you have to then create your own system and then progress yourself through that own system to the same state that you already got to in the Golden Dawn. Like, or, and the, by Golden Dawn, I mean generally speaking. See, now, didn't Crowley do that a little bit? Didn't Crowley no. kind of do well, that? Yeah, in a way. Oh, for oh, he definitely made his own system. He definitely tried to still follow the steps that would lead you to exemptus, uh, to, to the full thing. But again, I don't want to weigh people's mind down with these technical, uh, like, these are all fabricated things that we're just making up. We're just making, we're like, oh, there's the tree of life. We made that up. There's these grades and these initiations. We all made that up. We all made all this stuff up. The stuff we didn't really make up was the experiences we have in spirituality as we go along our path. Those are very objective experiences felt by all humans, just like the experiences we have with spirits are not in our heads. The spirits are not all in our heads, right? If you go to a, a building like Stephen Skinner would recommend you do, and you want to have a physical manifestation of a spirit, whatever that means, um, you, you really got to do that in a building. They're not going to show up to that level of physical manifestation or any verging borderline astral state where they're perceived by everyone similarly in a building where there's other people doing their own thing. That's just not going to happen according to the grimoires, right? So it, it seems to me that the government wants us to think, distract us, and make us think magic doesn't work, that the techniques don't work. Meanwhile, they're using them all the time to 
spy and influence the world. I mean, look at John Dee. What did he do with his system? He was developing and given a system of magic that could influence terrestrial parts of the world through the spirits and angels of the ethers that corresponded to certain them. parts of the world, right? So he developed, well, he, do, he really just had time to develop the basic system because it's incredibly ornate and complex and beautiful. Um, and then, you know, the rest, he was told, I believe that he was told, in fact, that he would never get to use the system he's creating, like Moses entering, not getting to enter the promised land. He was told that, that he's the purveyor of this system, the communicant for it, but he does not get to actually enjoy the fruits of his labor. And that's very much what a lot of the great work is for all of us, I think. Um, to the magical point and the, the psychic spies, and I think the government doesn't, I think the world doesn't want human beings owning their power, especially their power to transform themselves and the world around them in every regard that that can take place. We, we are definitely being seeing a push, a, spike, a psychic war, a form of a shesis against human power, right? We are being isolated from each other, separated, locked in boxes, and, and slowly being pushed towards where we're just going to get a stipend from our governments or global power and then be injected with whatever experimental medicines that they think might benefit our DNA to their advantage, not to ours. Um, so that's what's really scary and why they th I keep saying this is an occult revolution and a very good time for magic and a very good time for people to take ownership of their own divine, every man and woman is a star kind of thing. At the end of the day, that's what I took away from Thelema and what I am taking away from Thelema is that every man and every woman is a star and there is an inherent kingship and that this is a formula that goes back to ancient Egypt and that this is the root of the American egregory and it was taken from ancient Egypt because of that purpose. And I had a little bit of wisdom that came through to me during my enthusiasmos about spirits, and I wanted to drop it on you and see what you thought, as somebody who probably understands spirits and works with them more than myself. But I do work with spirits, and I wanted to share uh, kind of what I, how I think they work, because I've had a, a lifelong interest in exorcism. And once I learned that spirituality was actually a thing, and I just I, I stopped uh, being like a pure athe material atheist, I guess, or a curious atheist, or a curious agnostic. Once I stopped with that, I said to myself, I would love to learn exorcism. But even though I was baptized Catholic, um, I've been through a divorce, like... I don't plan on ever stopping uh, sleeping with women, so I can't really be a priest, right? But I still believe it's possible to have an e to perform exorcism. After all, every culture on earth has exorcisms. Yeah. So and actually, when I was, when I was training in se in seminary, I got my hands on a copy of the old Latin Roman Catholic exorcism that was smuggled out of the Vatican. Um, so I, I saw and got to experiment with that old Catholic exorcism. But anyone can do an exorcism. The neophyte initiation of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is an exorcism. It's not really an initiation. The zealotor initiation is an initiation. Then the earth, then the air, water, and fire 
grade ceremonies are not actually initiations, they're advancements, because you've already started that cycle of the elements in Malkut, all four elements in Malkut, and that's where you go through that cycle. And then in the portal initiation, that's the next initiation, and Adeptus Solar Initiation is the final one. So you have three degrees, really, essentially like you have in Masonry and Wicca and most spiritual traditions, you have three degrees. Well, Mason. the ritual of the headless one or the bornless one, I like yeah. to call it the headless one because that's closer to the original translation, is an exorcism ritual where, you know, you, you get this, but you're supposed I'll to identify. Doing it later. Yeah, right? You, you, you identify as God and you instead of commanding spirits outside of yourself, you start commanding around the spirits inside of yourself, right? So... Here's what here's I'm going to drop this on you and see what you think. So during my enthusiasmus, I had a little bit of a conversation with Hecate, and that's when things got really intense. But this is what she told me, more or less. She told me that the reason the mortals hold the onk by the cross is because that represents the physical body. And then the gods hold the onk by the loop because... They're connected to it through the, the, their abode is in the stars. And that's what the loop represents is Nuit like looped over, like, like uh, on, on, her, on herself, like bent over the dome of the sky. And so the symbol of the Ankh is the symbol of uh, starlight as it manifests down into the human body, which from what I understand in tarot would be ought to 18 associated with the Hebrew letter Kof, the card of the moon. And it speaks to this mystery of starlight as it falls, and then it enters into our body in some way. And that this is how our life force works. And that's why the Ankh symbolizes the life force, because it's saying that this is the mechanism. And so when I learned about the Kagura dance in Shinto and the idea of like, oh, well, when they work with spirits, they're like making the sad spirit like happy again. They're making the dead spirit talk. They're making the wandering spirit come home. They're uh, reintegrating this thing so it sounds to me like catholic exorcism is like or what like basically the idea is is you have this piece of starlight you have this impulse this piece of of pure spirit and it it, it comes into your body and then you somehow say no like you invalidate it or you say you're you're not good enough or i don't identify with you and then this piece of your your will or your soul becomes like trapped and it becomes like a prisoner, right? It goes into stasis. And it starts to, like, basically recruit your unconscious in order to realize itself as an action in that your life. So exactly, uh, That was exactly my experience of possession when it happened to me in 98. And I had to stay in L.A. an extra few weeks after an event and was basically saved with a lot of work um, by greatly honored Sora R.D., one of the heads of our order, doing very intense energy work and stuff to help me push back that thing. And, and Kof is interesting as a Trump and Major Arcana as well as what it means, which is back of the head, 
right? Yeah. Years back of the head. And that is where our Da'at sphere is partially located, which is one of the interesting things about the middle pillar ritual is that we are vibrating divine names over the invisible sephira, right? And interestingly, that's, it corresponds to a chakra as well. But it's also something that we're very aware of is a doorway. And when you sit on the throne of the Hierophant doing an initiation, it's incredibly remarkable how clear it is that something is opening up back here at the back of your head and a current is moving through you. It doesn't feel as much like it comes down from your crown as it does from the invisible sephira. And I think that has a lot to do with the invisible god forms that hold sway over the evil persona in the temple. Again, these are all invisible placements that people read about, but they actually don't know how they play out oftentimes unless you've run a GD order. And those influences are very delicate and they definitely can. This is the area in which you can get fucked up. And like, I believe that that spirit entered me while doing a middle pillar. And I'm not sure to this day, if it was my own evil persona, uh, gaining access to a large portion of my subconscious to the extent that it could actually influence my conscious mind and actions. And I diarized like hell out of this in, in the practicus grade when I was down in California, when this was really taking hold of me, it was a very distressing time. And what happened was I was explained to me, uh, by the greatly honored soar that, well, she was basically feeding me energy from Tiferet to that I was then using and created like a cord. And it was powerful as all hell that I could use that energy to then keep that malevolence, which was definitely, whether it was external or triggering something internal, doesn't matter. Um, the idea that we're separate from the universe is, is debunked. Even physics has said, um, we are actually a part of this universe. And if you do DMT a bunch, you're going to talk to those spirits and realize, Oh, I'm one of you co-creating this reality with you. I'm just in a different place. And they're just like, yo, that's how it is. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, really? And they're like, Oh, time for you to leave. Fuck off. <laughs> right. Or maybe, you know, do a little dance. Um, get out of the fey mound, get out of but, the mentee, get out of here. So, so I opened myself up to, to forces that were able to have that influence on me, unfortunately, for a brief period. But then as I kept going through the grades, and I, I, I quickly advanced to philosophers for the reason of needing a bit more juice, a bit more current coming into me, and started invoking Horus so I could keep my own energy strong enough. And once I went into Portal and Adeptus, my, my energetic body shifted in such a way that it was very apparent to me, like that, that was still there, I could still sense it, but I gained dominion over it in a very real way. Like, as I'm speaking about it, I can still sense through Da'at that Averse tree, the clepote, the clepote, the shells of our being, the shells of, of nature whisper broken things to us. And it's up to us to be strong enough to not listen to them. And that's where spirituality comes in. That's where this spiritual path is so important because spirituality saves alcoholics in AA the same as it saves anyone by becoming the better versions of ourselves, by invoking more light into our beings. We just can't be touched at a certain point. I asked a few psychics who are really good. I've taught, I've tested psychics. We test psychics a lot. Like in the golden dawn, we used to like create egregores in our, in our sphere and then go to a psychic and see if they would read the egregores we created rather than us. And they often would because those things are very real. It's like, you know, a way to test. So I've tested some psychics and had them 
confirm things, like look at things and note note that they are real and true and be able to detect things about people. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's real. You don't know this person. I'm asking you about this person. And you just told me things that are true. Then I've tested a few psychics and said, look at this person, look at that person, stuff like that. And they're like, I'm not getting anything. Does this person do a lot of serious magic? Are they really advanced? And oftentimes the answer is no, but they do their LBRP. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. You think an LBRP is just some like waving your arms and saying some words. I tell you it's not. And, uh, I've, I've had, I've, I've, I've never been able to psychically impact other magicians who do banishings or have a even remotely strong circle. These rituals, they don't just work in our head. They, they, they influence our sphere of sensation. And if you do them, your sphere of sensation is safe. And no one's getting so don't, like, like Aaron Leach would say, don't, don't take any shit from punk-ass spirits. And likewise, don't take any shit from, don't worry about any shit from other punk-ass magicians. Because if you're doing your work, they're not going to touch you. They're not going to touch right. you. Right. When you're, you're kind you're of putting, uh, protected. Putting in, in, in banishing rituals, you're invoking the highest names of God and calling archangels to guard watch. The idea that some fucking douchebag out there is able to trump the divine names of God and the four archangels... Well, if you believe that they can, then you don't believe in what you're doing in the first place. Absolutely. And then, then, then maybe that's your problem. I got one thing. Uh, let me check some, one thing real quick. Hold on. I want to make sure I don't have a bad microphone issue. Uh, let me check some, oh, thank don't God. fuck me up magically. I fuck myself up magically just fine. <laughs> I just did that right now because I have this little setting on my microphone that before today, if it goes off, it makes my uh, voice audio all fucked up. And I just noticed it was like that. And I was like, oh my God, did I just fuck up everything today? And I'm going back and I'm listening to it and it's fine. So I don't know what happened. I've... But right as you were talking about that, how like you were talking about uh, like your it's, own doubts interesting. and stuff, it literally manifested in me. I was like, oh my God, Luke, you just fucked. It was like, it was crazy. Like that, that sound of the spirit of darkness. Hold on. You, you All right, let me. Um, well, I, what I'm talking about, Kleepote, you think the Kleepote aren't listening? You think they're not saying, oh, maybe we can get a, a little elbow in the doorway there? Like, of course they're trying. They're always, you know, like trying to see what they can do. But you just keep keep on keep doing the work and they're not gonna they're not gonna mess with you too bad where they really mess with you is when you're doing work in those realms and that's why it's so important to look up before you look down work with angels for ages work with spirits of light for ages before you touch broken spirits because unless you've you've created those let's call them beatific visions in your sphere in your mind in your heart and soul when you go to those dark places, they're going to find chinks in your armor. They really are. Um, because you're not perfect. None of us are. We only become perfect through the work. We become perfect through the other, in a sense. So you, you gotta, you got to be aware that when you, when you mess with Enochian, uh, when you mess with the Chthonic spirits and, and these sort of entities, uh, they're going to mess with you. And when you talk about them, it's... it's pretty normal for things around you to go a little sketchy. I think I wanted to mention the, the last thing about, I wanted, I want, I wanted to run this last bit, excuse me. There's, 
the thing I got distracted from that I wanted I wanted to bring back was how we have how we have an ego, right? And the ego gets what it needs done by saying, "This is me. This is not me. This is me. This is not me." And so, when you have a piece of your soul that you've disidentified with, then it can become a demon and start like influencing your subconscious behavior. And this is what I think it does. This is where I was going with it. Is I think it tries to subconsciously recreate the conditions under which it wants to express itself or it needed to initially express itself or to where a trauma occurred that will allow the person through awareness to own the problem and overcome the problem or ex- express it in some way. Like if someone can relive the trauma they went through, it can allow them to heal it. And I think that plays into the formula of exorcism that I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, so that's very interesting. I think the, that the way we, lot the way the we dark- take power from yeah. dark things is by naming them. And that's very true in the psychological, psychological process, right? Once you name the thing, you can move on from the thing. It's the naming it that's the hardest part and naming it accurately. And the more accurately you can name those things, the easier it is to let them go. So like someone who had a a sexually abusive experience when they were younger might be attracted to those same things later in life as like a a fetish or might be the only thing that gets them off because in some way it allows them to revisit where the trauma happened and have control over it. You know what I mean? At least that's the theory. I've, I've heard very similar things to that from people with PhDs in psychology, yeah. And me, uh, though I the, the nuance and, of and it, Mari I'm not qualified to speak on, but I do. Have I, I was just secretly hoping personal to be and Mari. a lot of family experience about that kind of stuff as well, and might even have some of that going on right now in the family. Fun times. Did Mari want to weigh in as we approach the end? The end game. I think we can wrap it up. I think we can wrap it up around now. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrapped it up? For the free show? (laughs) Free show? Free show? No. Mari? What? Oh, we were waiting for you to say something. Like what? A sphincter says what? Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Um, it's a touchy topic. We can't really expect anyone to want to volunteer stuff on that stuff. Well, I don't know. I feel like being in control is, is really the best healing mechanism. And isn't that the root of all cult practices to become in control of at least your own spirits? And, and confronting ideally, your fe- you're in control con- of yourself. Confronting fear. Yeah. So it's not, nothing is going to save us except uh, ourselves, basically, and uh, doing the work and taking control of our own lives and uh, working in diligence to manifest our own dreams and our own quote-unquote promised land. It's, it's, uh, 
It's something we have to carve and etch out of the wood and the rock and the jello and cake. If you're into making cakes, which some of you might be. <laughs> so, mm. oh God, there's only so much coffee in a day. Intense stuff. Though I'm, I think we uh, covered a lot of really interesting points that uh, I've not got to cover that we haven't covered before. So that was uh, that's very productive in the end. I hope people enjoy some of the nuances we discussed. And we're just exploring, right? We're all explorers. We got to remember that we're all exploring the same condition of being alive for this very brief period of time that we are alive, and. We can't be afraid of it, right? We have to, the hieros in the neophyte initiation of the Hermetic Order, the Golden Dawn, says when you meet him for the first time and your hoodwink is pulled up, it says, he just basically sometimes yells, sometimes whispers. I'm not sure what's more scary when the hieros officer decides to scream it or whisper it. <laughs> They're both terrifying, right? Like, fear is failure, so be without fear. For he who trembles at the flames and the floods and the shadows of the night has no part of divine light. Thou hast known me now, so pass thou on. The earlier version of the initiation, it wasn't quite as poetic. It's, it's believed Yeats made it more poetic, but that's hotly debated, hotly debated amongst people who love pedantry and history. What's the difference? Oh, <laughs> Shall we wrap it up with this beautiful invocation to the, uh, the divine savior of the universe, Moloch? <laughs> oh, fuck that. Okay. No, so here we I want to. I want to talk about Sophia. Why? <laughs> we already did. We already did. I think we're done. We're at like three hours, right? Nah, we're only enamored. like we're this. We're a He's little enamored bit enamored with Sophia. We yeah, well, I we for got... like three hours. Okay. Well, hold, let me call upon Sophia so I'm ready to be guarded from that energy. It's, it's you, funny. you, you wrap up with Sophia. I will. I will read us, uh, the wise words uh, from part two. Of Allen Ginsberg's beautiful poem. I'm Britney Spears. My head is shaved. I've been to the ritual. Hit me, baby, one more fucking time, Fred or RC. Hit me with it. I got my... I, nothing can penetrate a shield with an onk on it and my gladius of Roman Luciferian light. Hit me, barbarous one. Hit me. That is the kind of thinking that Aaron Leach would laud, and I laud it too, brother. What sphinx of cement and aluminum bashed open their skulls and ate up their brains and imagination. Moloch, solitude, filth, ugliness, ash cans and unobtainable dollars, children screaming under the stairways, boys sobbing in armies, old men weeping in the parks. Moloch, Moloch, nightmare of Moloch, Moloch the loveless, mental Moloch, Moloch the heavy judger of men, Moloch the incomprehensible prison. Moloch, the crossbones, soulless jailhouse and congress of sorrows. Moloch, whose buildings are judgment. Moloch, the vast stone of war. Moloch, who stunned governments. Moloch, whose mind is pure machinery. Moloch, whose blood is running money. Moloch, whose fingers are ten armies. Moloch, whose breast is a cannibal dynamo. Moloch, whose ear is a smoking tomb. Allen Ginsberg. You know what you now, do if you see that dude? He continues. If I see him, he's dead, man. Do you not know who Allen Ginsberg is? No. He's We're not talking about the author. We're talking about the subject. 
Oh yeah, if you see Moloch, punch him in the in the cock. Um, of course, Ginsburg ends the poem Howl with part three, which starts off with fifteen holies. Holy, 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 holy. So you're going to do your equivalent holy instead of Ginsburg with a little Sophia invocation here at the end, right? Yeah, it goes a little something like this. Um, right. it, eat carrots and shoot lasers. Ave Sophia! Ave Sophia. All right, this has been okay, fun, yeah, guys. we did it. I we did it. Peace and love, homies. Dude, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate you. This has been awesome, and I wish we could talk more, but I think... Call me anytime, baby. Yeah. The exiting has happened. The exiting is done. It has. Thank you. Triple X. Yes, we did. I'm going to reverse the uh, order of our conversations, but other than that, I'm going to put the the racy one on Patreon and just tell my Patreons, it's like, hey, man, my guest has got some hot fire, and I can't... I can't control everything that people say, so you uh, it's not, money, it's not money. even that bad. It's not even that bad. It's just very politically incorrect. So um, that's all. We didn't, we didn't, we're not bad people. They'll understand. It's just Patreon's sort of w- a little too woke. Oh, your description. I, I was going to make a joke. Your description of Moloch? Basically the new cyberpunk, sad to say. But anyway. I'm so glad I didn't get that game because it's, it's a nightmare. It's a catastrophe, though I don't get games at all. I'm waiting for Baldur's Gate 3. That's the next game I'll play. I, I think I didn't play games for, for since like Street Fighter 2 and, and Final Fantasy 2 in the 90s. Last console I owned was a SNES. But um, I did play The Witcher finally this year, and it was super it's a good fun. One. So I think I can handle one video game a, week, a year because... I tried to do a second video game and downloaded Divinity Original Sin and it stayed oh up my God. Five, and stayed up till five AM and that's why I missed our pod our podcasting the other morning when we were meant to do it. And so thanks for uh understanding and, and uh yeah. Yeah, video games are, are that's the true Moloch. Ah. Hey, can I okay, so just to close this out then to say goodbye to you off off air, can I share one thing that's in my notes that's related to what you just said that we didn't get to talk sure. about that I don't really care about? Okay. Sure. So and I also did want to say this. So the thelemic shit I'm into right now is Ordo Astri, just for your own curiosity. Oh, yeah. you That's check it Pope out. Runyon, right? No. Similar vein of thought, but uh, no. It's, it's, uh... That's in Lodris and... Um, uh, or, Ordo that's... Astri, yeah. Although they do worship Astaroth in that order too, um, although we although we worship her as uh, Sophia Babylon or um, Kirahar Babylon is probably the name we use a lot. Um, yeah, anyway, Ordo Ordo Astri, it's very interesting. It, it takes a lot of uh, like for, like of something you said. It takes instead of using uh, Hebrew names in the banishing, you're using Enochian names, and you're saying yeah, that's a bad idea. You think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they're they're ter- they're they're terrestrial names for uh you want you want to invoke from the height of the tree, not from the depths low. <laughs> well, but, hey, well, in- let me know how it goes. If your life falls apart and and you end up a like Lee Hearsag in a mental institution, then we'll know I was right. And if you become oh. the, the the reborn master of magic, then we'll know I was wrong. More power to why you, do though. I feel like why do I feel like both of those are happening at the same time? Anyway, 
So there's a there's a different there's a different thing going on with Hebrew divine names and with Enochian. And the real thing is we don't actually have some definitive answer from some authority who knows what really is the truth. So all we're all we can do is experiment. We're really at the beginning of this technology as 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 someone like Ashton Shasan would say. And we've only begun to see where, like we haven't even talked about the fact that aliens might be energetic in part and that there might be some like actual connection between spirituality and, and the metaphysical realm of nature as we have yet to understand or we still can't even see dark matter. And we are going to learn a lot when we do, hopefully later in 2021, perceive dark matter for the first time. Well, the Yokai episode, I learned about the Kagur a dance and i learned that they've been having fucking ufos for centuries and they just blame it on fucking goddamn foxes i'm not joking the whole the whole shittery dude the whole shittery the fucking metal objects the flying the lights all that they're like oh that's just a fox after it's reached 100 years old (laughs) okay great sounds good and that's it (laughs) they leave it at that and the fucking it's genius anyway so this will this will all say okay so this is from ordo astri um and actually, we reversed the pentacles for the same reason you mentioned about the Enochian spirits being the wrong thing. Is because we believe we want to pull the energy down from... But you invert the ether. pentacles? Yeah, the pentacles are inverted. And in fact, it's actually, it's, actually, uh, it's actually an intelligence test, too. It's like we don't, even, we don't believe that the inverted pentagram is, is malefic. It's just it's not malefic. one is evolutionary, it's, it's, one is it's, evolutionary. Yeah, that, but that's not how they work. Like the, the upside-down pentagram is a symbol that represents well, matter, matter, is, matter governing spirits. So it's, it's, it's harmonious to chthonic spirits and terrestrial spirits or demons. And it's something they can relate to. So there's only one time in the Golden Dawn system where we use that, that symbol. It's when we're working with those beings. And the only time it's drawn in any initiation is over the, the invisible god form of Umud Zatan, which is, represents the evil persona of the candidate. And we do draw an inverted pentagram in the neophyte initiation of the Golden Dawn to contain that evil spirit where over the candidate kneels when they take their vow. I hear what you're saying. Um, I think that's the I first think time I might be said online. I might be outside of my element here. I would maybe urge you just to check out the material just as my, my better and my expert in the occult. Maybe you could check it out and see what you think because for well, me, when it's people been like change clean the water. system, like, so when people change the system, like, I I can understand, I can imagine exactly what your energetic experience might be like. Now, first of all, if you want to experience energies much more intensely, then you should work with terrestrial spirits or demons or things like that. And if you're going to do symbols that invoke these heavy, don't think of it as angels and demons. Think of it as just spirits doing their thing. Because okay, when you go okay. into spirit realms or astral travel or do, yeah. do psychedelics, you're in these spirit realms. They don't have a sense of demons and angels, bro. I, I'm sure of that. I'm convinced that they don't have that sense. They have a sense of there's a lot of different spirits and they do a lot of different things. Some of those things are really fucked up. And so like, some of those things are not fucked up and quite beautiful, but they're all functioning within this complex matrix of, of nature, nature, and nature, naturing and creating this universe that's still in flux and reflux and progress and destruction. It's all happening. It's all happening, man. And so, like, when you're working with lower, those lower energies, that's why Enochian magic is so tempting, because you're working with very grounded down sort of energies and real, very manifest kinds of spirits, and they're just sitting there at Dean Kelly's Tower in Prague. They're just floating around, just you don't even need to do a Nokia and you can just talk to them and they're like, yeah, we're here. Like, you know, 
those beings are very easy to experience. So one of the heads of our order, TDL, he used to get in trouble, though you can't really get in trouble when you're ahead of an order, but he used to get called out by their depths for taking practice students and having them for their first scrying experience, scrying the 30th ethere of tax tax in the Enochian system and and people other adults were like what are you doing get them scrying planetary angels or things like that and he's like but those energies he would say are so much more high uh, subtle in vibration they're very hard to sense and it's true right if you're it's much harder to sense the angels of the hashmalim than it is to sense the angels of the Aether text, because they're so close to our mundane physical plane and reality. So, of course, it's easier to scry them. And that was his rationale for having students learn that way. And, you know, no one, no, one, no one could debate his argument because it was sound. It was completely sound. And if you're doing the work properly, you're not in any danger of, of having problems occur. So, yeah, we also dangerous having too much angels. fun. Instead of calling the angels of the quarters, you call you call uh, Ishtar, Babylon, Ashtaroth, and Isa to the quarters, and you, you you're looking you, down before you look up, and you well actually you you call to um, you call to EIO first yes, in, well, in the stars, yeah, and then great. that's good, and, and then you and Maybe then you call save you. Shabayov. You know, I'm just curious what your outlook is. I mean, yeah, I have no, no, totally around with, with Golden Dawn rituals, and I've, you know, I've I've done both, and I've Savayot's a good Hebrew divine name, though it's usually only really effective. In, it's it's a descriptor god name in conjunction with a divine god name, like you know Elohim Savayot, right? Um, yeah, Yotevav hates Savayot. Um, in itself, it's not often used, but it is used in barbaric uh, evocations uh, as a as a muddled word because it has a history that extends far past just Hebrew. <laughs> the, a lot of these words are old. Just like Egypt isn't isn't the, the isn't a new it wasn't a a new creation. It was a it was a rendition of of Assyria. It was a it was a child civilization of Phoenicia and Assyria and all these other civilizations. It wasn't this whole new thing that just sprang up out of nowhere and was revolutionary. Egypt was a an emanation of earlier human civilizations and a conglomeration. Well, I do want you to look at the Ordo Astri stuff for me, just as my my uh, like I said, my occult better. Please check it out so you can tell me your thoughts. I kind of got the impression, not to sound too defensive or to talk your ear off too much, but it sounded no, a lot fine. like he. Like it took a lot of the really great ideas of Kenneth Grant, and instead of ending with tentacle monsters and like these vaguely like racist reminiscent ideas of ancient gods, it just it ends with Nuit and Horus and fucking like the Egyptian pantheon. That's where it goes. It goes yeah. to the eternal ones. It goes to actual initiation. It doesn't end. It doesn't end in Satan and tentacles. It ends in. It's taking a lot of those ideas that Kenneth Grant used and then moving them more back towards what the source might. I don't know. Check it out. So you think a lot I'll, of I'll my work this. in a lot of my work involved the Kenneth Grant system, especially the Kleepot of the tunnels. Uh, when from I did, I was working with that stuff from the '90s on, even when I wasn't meant to. It's probably how I got in trouble in '98 with with because I was doing that that Kleepot and the Seven Deadly Sins stuff in my own practice, but only tentatively. And the thing is, those that's that's how that stuff sort of got into my sphere. And if you don't have the juice to force it out, it it can take you over. 
Um, I guess what I'm saying is, is so the, in the pentagrams and the Enochian is the edgiest sounding thing in my system. Yeah, and the pe- rest people of it like that. Isn't very pe- it's, 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 this, it's the alluring. It literally is a very good comparison to the Star Wars light and dark side. It's not that the light Jedis um, don't get the dark side stuff. It's that they're like, look, if you start with that, it's going to consume you. And a lot of people that get into demons and, and Enochian without a lot of the more Kabbalistic and uh, beatific uh, spiritual things like EO, Osiris, being reborn, all that stuff, they do tend to get bogged down in some pretty petty shit. So the proof's in the pudding. Your path is yeah. your path. Maybe you are meant to start in darkness and come to light. Mostly in the Western esoteric tradition, the journey is to rise to the light and then go down into the darkness. Like when Jesus died, he goes down to hell because he had the tools to liberate his demons in his own sphere, and he could do that for the world, and then he went up to heaven and freed them. It's that, I think of that as a metaphorical story for how we want to accomplish our great work by achieving union and conversation with our holy guardian angel, and then we dive down into the demons afterwards. You want to be a born, reborn with Osiris before you start taking on the floor of the vault. Yeah, there's no Galatia or anything like that in the in the system or clip off so far in what I'm doing. But right. it's not, there's a lot it's of systems out edgy. there. There's a <laughs> lot of systems out there that substitute the more grounded or terrestrial energies for the more loosey, high vibrational ones because they're, they, they, it feels more magical. When you start a ritual working with a bunch of people and you're doing Ashtaroth and Babylon and all these things and then using Enochian, of course it's going to feel dense as fuck because that's what those energies are. And that's what you're doing. You're working in a very dense, like high vibration, low vibration. The terms are feeble at best. Um, you're working in realms of spirit that are very close to the physical plane. And that's why the magic feels so much more real or palpable, but it's not, it's just, you haven't trained your senses. It's way better to train your senses so that those highest levels become just as real to you as the lower levels and then go into the lower levels. And then when, when you, when you, when you actually are in a serious path working or working with a, with a very unclean spirit, a very, clipothic sort of spirit that's really rowdy or just cheeky they can't get the better of you because you can you have as this base you're like okay and and that's when you're going to be recognized by those spirits as the lord of life triumphant over death he who believeth in me shall rise with me you have that integrated into your sphere of sensation those darker forces don't stand a chance you don't have that stuff that really beautiful bright light stuff that if you are if you can't just invoke kether and have that enter your Malkut and like illuminate the planes of all existence within your heart, then you can get into some trouble with some of the darker stuff. That's just how it is. You might not have fun, experiment, make sure to write diaries so that when you're dead, other people can learn from your mistakes. (laughs) Okay. Do check it out. Um, So I'll read a little bit from this. I'll let you go. So myth is a vehicle for the nonverbal unutterance, a message for the secret buried at the heart of all things. And thus a a mua or mio uh, means silent or secret to close the mouth to reveal an occult secret is to conceal it for by declaring it, it is retold. And this is hated by the rationalist. Um, Mu is the root of mythology. Even consideration of knowledge. um, It means 
uh, every consideration of knowledge and utterance. To muse on something is to remember. Greek myth of the muses uh, developed from Moire or norms of Norse mythology personified as the three women who weave, spin, cut the thread of life. This is how Baba Yaga is represented, also in The Witcher, but also in mythology the oh, same way. It. Awesome. And she also has a connection to Moira as well. So I thought that was interesting. This mystery is accomplished by the power of um, ordinance called Moira by Greeks or Ma'at or Mut to the ancient Egyptians. When wisdom is known, reason becomes mute. No value is afforded to divine apostasia in modern culture and no purchase can be made upon it. So um, I thought that was an interesting piece that... Uh, I was. I thought about how the tale of Baba Yaga, um, who tests your purity, right at the at the edge of the forest, right, and either gives mm. you something that'll like you know give you the rest of your life, or feeds you, or basically consumes you. It's not a whole life. Not unlike how Maat takes your heart, weighs it against a feather. Also, a feather is oftentimes how you even find. You need a magic feather to find Baba Yaga's hut. And then if you don't pass this, if your heart's you know heavier than a feather, then your fucking heart gets fed to this beast. And so this ancient Slavic fucking witch woman is like, I don't know, kind of remind. I don't know. I just saw a connection there. I thought it was fun. Yeah, that's well. cool. It's really fun talking about this stuff with you, man. I like I like talking magic, and we'll do it again sometime. All right, cool, man. Yeah, it's been great talking. I really appreciate you helping me this week and get the show going and do I've this got, thing. Uh, you know, ritual bloodletting to get onto. So we'll uh, talk soon. All right, you let you let those Hebrew angels know that your your boy Luke has been fucking around with Anokins and needs help. They're probably you're probably if you if you're if you're messing around with like Enochian angels. You're probably not on the radar of like planetary higher angels. I mean, some of the Nokian angels are planetary, of course. It's we're 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 talking very fast and loose here, people. For those listening, we're talking in very general terms as a means of expressing experiences, and that's always going to be quite sloppy. So, but it isn't sloppy in terms of helping people understand what it's actually like to do these things. So that's where I think there's value in in having these kinds of. Um, non-theoretical conversations about magic, which is what this is. We're talking about from our experiences here and how humans experience things is, is not theoretical. It's visceral. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I did this and oh my God. <laughs> so I'm going to yeah, go do some said... of that myself now because it is the solstice. It's the great conjunction. This is a great time um, to uh, do work that would fuse the energies of Saturn, which guides us from Malkut to Yasod. Saturn, we shouldn't think about as being in Bina. We should think about it as being the pathway that governs the universe, taking us from Malkut to Yasod. So it's a great time to elevate from the material realm into the astral plane. And then Jupiter governs the hermit and the path of Yod, the hand of doing. This is a great time to progress from Tifret to Hesed. Now also Jupiter and Saturn represent an invisible path over Da'at, right, the abyss. And that invisible path we see vaguely through the lightning flash of creation, but the only way we can get back over the abyss is through the serpent of nature. And that, of course, comes from the secrecy of Harpocrates and silence so that we don't let the chattering of Qurans on distract us and drag us down into the nitpicky realm of knowledge and, and facts and all of that kind of distraction that the babblers and the demons want to distract us with so that we don't 
experience that momentary unification with our true and divine self, the summum bonum, the philosopher's stone, perfect wisdom and pure happiness. Two equals zero. I get it. I feel it. Amen, brother. Thank you, man. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Ave Babylon. And Sophia. <laughs> what? Ever. Eris, 23, man. God bless. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now. HermeticScienceEnterprises.co.uk